Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo, halo, all you blood gulching, cubby crunch eating juggernauts. You're tuning into the Sacred Icon Podcast, where it's not Jeff Sticer, but it'll do. We're back with episode 89. Look at the time. It's Sacred Saturday. It's me, Mr. J, Joshua Hargis. And joining with me, as always, is my buddy, my pal, my friend, Brian Baggins. And joining us for the first time is one of the very few survivors of Oceanic Flight 815. <laughs> Here to tell his story, ladies and gentlemen, Hidden Xperia. A.K.A. Luke. <laughs> that, that was, I like that intro. That was, that was pretty good. That was, that was pretty, pretty awesome, good. Josh. I'm uh, impressed. Thank you. Thank I you. also like how he's A.K.A. Luke and not A.K.A. Hidden Experience. I didn't know. I was like, either or. You know, it's like everyone knows him. So I was like, yeah. I don't know which one to go with. But yeah. Um, All I gotta he say told me you were is, lost, uh, man. Dude, we got we got to get back. We got to go back. Yeah, yes. We have to go gonna, back. I haven't, I haven't planned in the episode. We're going to take a, a moment to talk about Lost. Oh, We're all yes. Lost fans here. Yeah, yes. he told me you were a Lost fan. And I was like, oh, thank you. Fuck, because I like I I have so few people that I know that have watched that show, and I'm like, oh man, the more to talk to about that, the better. Yeah, I, I know I know a lot of people are going to be excited to listen to our podcast to hear from you, uh, Luke, because I I know people have asked many times like, can you have Luke on? I mean, people asked like two years all ago, the time, like, or yeah, like a year time. and a half ago, and I'm like, uh, I don't really think you know, like we just started about a year and a half ago. It's like I'm not gonna really I'm not gonna message Luke. I'm kind of just just got here, you know. Like yeah. it's just not yeah. time yet. And then, uh, uh, but yeah, it's, you've been one of the most requested people. And then earlier this week, I was like, yeah, we're having a guest this weekend. And like, who is it? I'm like, I, I can't say. And they're like, oh, it's probably Halo follower, isn't it? And I was like, <laughs> uh, I can't say. And they're like, somebody's like, I think it might be Hidden Xperia. And I just, I didn't say. So this is cool. Um, We've had that happen so many times. But one time we were like, if you guys could have anyone on the show we haven't had already, who do you want? Hidden Xperia. Hidden Xperia. <laughs> right yeah, it was, mo- it was mostly, you, it was every other one was Hidden Xperia and Act Man. Hidden Xperia and Act Man. Mm-hmm. So you guys are kind of, and that's what I was about to say. Now, like, that's what I was kinda, how I was going to kind of introduce you, uh, Luke, is like the cool thing, the thing I love about you and your channel is like you kind of have like this rock star of Halo vibe going on. Definitely. It's really badass. Man, that, you know? is, that warms my heart. Thank you very much. That is, it is. It's like, it's like cool. you're like the, not that, I mean, there's so many cool people in Halo, but you're like just like that stereotypical cool guy of Halo. Oh, uh, and it's just, it's awesome. And then you kind of get to, you know, you kind of get to take that for your own because... Like Actman, for instance, you know he uh, he kind of dabbles in everything. You know he's not just Halo, and you're kind of Halo specific, so you're like the the rock star of of Halo. And uh, I always get a, a kick out of like your uh, your emo stuff with your your dying your hair stuff. <laughs> Dude, that was great. 
that would that hits home with me because <laughs> I mean in high school that's the kind of stuff I was doing and I still listen to a lot of like metal and like goth kind of music stuff even today I, everyone's like haven't you grown out of that and I'm like no not at all definitely has it wasn't a phase mom it wasn't a phase <laughs> it wasn't no it wasn't a phase it wasn't a phase uh, but yeah so uh, kind of stereotypically we would like to first some people probably know this already fans of yours but like. First, we want to hear like how you first got into Halo, like how that started, what that was like for you, and then after that, if you could take us through the like how you got into content creation, what the what spurred that on? Because that's just, I mean, look at you now; it's just got to be so interesting to hear what the origin of that is. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so for Halo, I first got into Halo in like it was probably like mid to late two thousand and two. Uh, so Halo C released a bit later in the in in Europe. It released in like March. Uh, and it was like, I think it was summer 2002. Uh, and I went to a game store with a friend. Obviously, I was like six at the time. Um, yeah. And we could both get a game. And I vividly remember seeing like these placards with Chief for like Halo CE. Because obviously it had come out in, the, in America. It had been really big in America. It was like, I think it was also pretty big in Japan as well. Because they had like a specific Japan release. And then I was like, right, that looks cool. So I went over, saw the game, read the back of the game case. As you did back then throw back to when game cases were a thing uh and then uh, do right same i miss game cases so and much. thick manuals yeah oh man that halo ce manual is still unparalleled i think i, I like the smell more than i did even the manuals <laughs> <laughs> they do smell that, i'm not gonna lie of, they smell good they do smell that's good. kind of the problem with gamers it's like we sometimes we take things in uh that are really weird and we treasure them like the smell <laughs> of our cases and we're yeah. gonna uh, the, how thick the manual dude, is. Right, so the best thing about game cases, right, wasn't even the case on the manual. It was that plastic wrap that you'd get on the outside oh. of them that used to take... Oh, dude, so cutting that open is so nice. I remember being when the first Red Dead came out, I was outside Best Buy with a friend, and we literally were outside our cars, and we just opened it up together and like literally inhaled together at the same time. It was weird. It probably was weird to everybody else, but it And we were single good. forever. <laughs> <laughs> it smelled super well, good, dude, though. Dude, they smell, they smell good. Yeah, that that pre-game just, euphoria, and then the. I mean, it's, it's, it's not as bad as yeah. licking the switch cards, I guess. You know. Okay, that I, that I've never done. I can happily say I've never done that, and I I don't think I ever will do. Um, but yeah, I picked up Halo C from from a, a game store, went home, and I vividly remember playing it until my eyes started stinging. Um, oh, nice. And that was the point where I was like, right, okay, this is this is not just going to be like a cool game that I play and then move on. This is going to be something that I stick with, um, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, I found out Halo 2 was happening because obviously back then that wasn't a time where all the information was fed to you on the internet oh, like yeah. it is nowadays. Like, mm-hmm. we weren't sit there F5-ing on Twitter for news. Like, I, I remember hearing about Halo 2. Uh, we were getting our bathroom done. Um, we were getting a bathroom, like, repainted and decorated. And the painter came around, and he was he, he could hear me in my room playing Halo CE. And he came in and asked if I was a Halo fan. And I said, like, yeah, like, massive Halo fan. Um, I, I'm pretty sure my exact words at that time will have been, yeah, I want to work for Bungie when I'm older. Uh, or, oh, as, nice. I used to, as I used to pronounce it, Bungie, uh, until I was Bungie. Like, <laughs> so I used to call him Bungie. Um, yeah, I want to work for Bungie when I'm older. Uh, and he was like, you know, Halo 2's happening. And I was like, wait, what? No way. So the next day, he brought around, like, a little CD that you used to get in, like, game manuals um, and, like, uh, in, like oh, yeah. magazines. Yeah. With the Halo 2 E3 trailer with Chief delivering the bomb. Uh, and I watched that and my mind was just frazzled. I was like, right, okay, this is this is going to be huge. Uh, the most hype thing ever. Wow. Yeah, seriously. like it was, it was insane. Um, and then, I mean, from there on out, in regards to me being a Halo fan, the rest is, the rest is history. Um, 
I've been addicted since like 2002 and see I know it's it sounds it sounds kind of cliche but like I, I think so many of us can relate the the way it went for me is like I played a lot of video games before Halo I was into Zelda and Mario and Star Fox and stuff like that and then I played Halo and it was almost like my eyes opened to this yeah. whole new level like of of like immersion and, and like what I could expect from games and it was like it wasn't until I played Halo that I'm like, I think I want to play games forever. Like this isn't this like you said, this is just isn't a phase. Like yeah. there's something so special about this. And then it just became like every other game was almost there for me to play while I facilitated my wait for the next Halo. Every game is a buffer until the next yeah. one. Yeah. It's a buffer That's, for I, Halo. I remember telling people some of my friends who didn't have an Xbox at the time. And I would tell them, I was like, Xbox is so good, dude. So good. And they were like, well, what games does it have for? It? And I was like, Halo, and they were like, "What else?" And I was like, "Halo." Yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny. Say, yeah. You did have other good stuff. But yeah, he was still I was the same because when I was younger, uh, everyone everyone had a PlayStation, everyone had a PS2, everyone did, and to the point where my mom actually has this funny story where she was asking me like, "What one of my birthday when I got my Xbox?" Uh, and I remember she, she was used to tell me that I, I said Xbox because I want to be different. Because <laughs> everyone else had a PlayStation. I was like, you know what? I want to get an Xbox because no one's got one of these. And geez, thank God I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I, I, think, I think the thing is, like, that was that was a joke back then. And people, like, people who didn't like Xbox would be like, all it has is Halo. And it's like, you know, even if that statement were true, Halo is so damn good and offers so much that, like, that is enough to own the console. That is enough to... I mean, I've put more time into a single Halo title than... Quite possibly PlayStation titles combined. I mean, I've put a lot of time into Halo. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, so Luke, where where did you like? When did you decide to start doing like content creation of any kind? Did it happen naturally? Did you plan it? Yeah. Like, yeah, it kind of happened naturally. Um, because my original videos are on a channel that I don't think even exists anymore. That were all RuneScape videos in like two thousand nice. two thousand eight. So I've been again. I've I been love playing... RuneScape. Oh, dude. So yeah. me and my friend has got this joke that RuneScape is a black hole. Like you can you can take a break from RuneScape, but you can never quit it. You get sucked back in at some point. Like yep. <laughs> I've been playing RuneScape since two thousand and four, since RS two just came out. Um, yeah, and I've never stopped. <laughs> Mm. Nice. literally it's, never stopped I mean, um, it's been some years for me but i started about the same time 2004 and it was it was an addiction like none other yeah. like oh, like dude. crack i just you couldn't stop and the thing is it's like nothing in that game is too much fun really it's lots of clicking but c all together it makes something yeah. so enjoyable I always, I always think that like nowadays when i'm playing it i often get this weird feeling like this isn't like an mmo like wow where i'm actually like doing like full combos and stuff and like spamming loads of keys I am just clicking and hitting like the odd function key, but mm -hmm. it's still so satisfying. It's yeah. uh, the the cl classic RuneScape formula is a formula that no other game has managed to replicate, and that it's just so yeah. it, it shouldn't be fun. <laughs> like you say, it's, it, yeah, it's its own thing. I mean, fun. to paint an idea for you, Josh, because I know you have a little experience with RuneScape. Yeah, I've like, only played would, a couple hours of, it, and it was fun. It was when I was a kid. I would like it would be the weekend. I'd be off school, and I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna spend all Saturday from early morning till night. Cutting use yeah. to get my to get my tree yeah. uh, my wood cutting up, and it was like it was insane because all I did was click trees all day. I mean, that was my whole weekend. Yeah, and that I, I never got. I'd see all the memes out of context before I played it, and I was like, I don't like. I, I know this is from RuneScape now, but like, I don't understand what is going on. And then I played it for a couple hours, and I understood more. And most people I talked to didn't even really do like story stuff as much. They would just grind pretty much I, I love i love all the stories of scamming in that game and now i used to do it too but i was not even 10 years old so i think i could get a pass <laughs> but I, I would like i do like the you know i'm gonna trim your kite shield and yeah. you know, give me their 
the rune kite and I would just take it. But I remember I got it back though. Cause I remember I, like I said, I was not even 10 years old. So I remember walking in, this is a classic. You'll know this exactly. Luke, I walked into a bank and this guy was like, Whoa, if you type your password, it blocks it out. Crazy. <laughs> so I typed oh, my dude. password and lost my account forever. <laughs> Oh no, they used to happen all the time. Like you'd go to the GE and like half the people there would be saying, whoa, look guys, it stars out my password. Star, 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 star. And you'd have people like spamming all the passwords and security questions and stuff. Oh God. Oh. Um, I think my password was like poopy948 or something. <laughs> I was eight years old. Sound, that sounds about right. That's a yeah. great I, password. Sounds about right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I got into content creation initially. I think really tracing it back to the source was RuneScape. Um, Back in the days of like early YouTube and even technically when it wasn't even YouTube, when it was Google videos, uh, I used to watch like RuneScape money making tutorials where some guy would have like Fringer 11 Paralyzer playing in the background, typing on notepad <laughs> saying, hey guys, and spelling guys wrong and deleting it and typing it again. Like uh, <laughs> I, I used to look at all those guys and be like, you know what? I want to do that. That sounds kind of fun. So yeah. I installed Windows Movie Maker in like 2008 uh, and started making like really, really god awful RuneScape guides. Um, and then I just, I, it kind of just transitioned from there. Um, obviously, I was a Halo fan as well. Uh, and when um, when I first, when I started playing Halo Three matchmaking, which wasn't until like 2008, because my I had weird internet Xbox Live issues for like mm. the first six months of Halo Three. Um, oh. I found out this about this thing called called HLG, which is where you basically get the lead on the enemy team and then hide. Uh, the entire team gets hidden, uh, but the spots aren't just like sitting in a corner. It's like really cool trick jumps, grenade jumps, like butterfly jumping and stuff like that, power drain jumping, uh, loads of really cool jumping techniques. And I was like, you know what? I want to do that. So that's where the name Hidden Xperia comes from, uh, HLG. And I, I started out wanting origins. to make... Uh, there you go. There's the origins. Uh, I started out wanting to make HLG videos and I did make a load of HLG videos Sadly, I had to delete them because of copyright issues because I used like loads of like like Breaking Benjamin, uh, Biffy Clyro, uh, My Chemical Romance, Hollywood and Dead music in them, and I had to I, I had to wipe them all uh, for copyright reasons, unfortunately. And I really wish I could get those videos back because they're they're like treasured memories. I, I don't yeah. know if they're. I w I'm, I'm hoping that they're like somewhere on like some old hard drive or something that I can find. But um, that was really my entrance into Halo content creation, making HLG videos. Uh, and then from there on out, I kind of just did. So my first three-ish years of YouTube were just all over the place. I was like 13, 14, 15 at the time. I didn't really know what I was doing. YouTube was still very much in its infancy. Um, and I was I was playing a lot of Halo, uh, but I've also always been a really big fan of Call of Duty Zombies and like the oh, nice. both the gameplay and also the lore and the story. Uh, so I used to make zombies videos as well. Um, funnily enough, you know uh, uh, Pixel Flare? Yeah, uh, yeah. So back in 2011, I used to be on a zombies uh, channel with him. Uh, oh, okay. It's kind of crazy. I used to I used to make zombies content on the channel with him in 2011 and 2012, uh, and I made loads of that as well as Halo. But then when Halo Four got announced, I was like, right, okay, I think this is going to be huge. I need to throw everything at this game. So I quit zombies. I quit Minecraft. Quit everything else, and just threw everything at Halo Four. Sadly, Halo Four didn't turn out how we'd all hoped, and mm kind of like in terms of population did you see that in your youtube performance as well I, my channel died oh, i just oh, I, it, wow. it died so i stopped i stopped doing youtube i it hit the point where i wasn't even pulling 100 views in a video um, just diminishing like, returns all around yeah it was Do you remember what kind of subscribers you were at at that point yeah probably like 
a K, 1,000, maybe like right. 900 something. Um, so I wasn't like big or anything. It was, it was, I, my channel was still, because I hadn't really had anything, um, I hadn't really focused my attention on anything to try and grow in like a niche or anything. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, my channel wasn't, um, it, 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 the views were just not there. It, that was okay. that was the bottom line. And I had a school stuff to focus on. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it's time that like I stop this. But then uh, like a year and a half after I quit, I, I, so I quit. My I think my last video was about the Halo Five announcement trailer with Chief and the Poncho. Um, and I I still love that trailer so much to this day. Oh, me too. Pa- I, uh, classic. Oh, fingers crossed. One day we get that Poncho. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, so uh, I came back like a year and a half later when Halo 5 marketing was kicking off because I was in my final year of school. I was going to university, uh, which I didn't want to go to, to do a degree that I had no interest in and just didn't, um. I just didn't care about at all. I was doing it because basically I kind of got funneled into it. Like it was either go and spend three years at university doing a degree or like, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I was yeah. like, what? Screw it, I'll do this. It's hard to but, know what to do when you're in your twenties. Yeah. yeah, right. I wasn't even that old. I was like when I started YouTube again, I think I was seventeen or eighteen when I kicked it off again. Mm-hmm. Um so I was like, right, I need to I need to come up with an alternative. I need to I've, I'm gonna have to go to university for three years and do this degree, but I don't want to do anything with it as a job. So I need to I need to create something else. And I was like, right, so what is that? I'm really hyped for Halo Five. All the marketing looks really sick. I still miss doing YouTube. So that was the thing. I quit I quit YouTube, not because I didn't enjoy it. I, I missed it. The, the year and a half where I didn't do it, I really, really miss making videos. It felt like, I, I can remember quite vividly, it felt like there was a part of my life that was absent, which sounds really <laughs> melodramatic and kind of just... No, I get that. Like, though. there, but like... Yeah. It, 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 it becomes so ingrained in me that like I'd be making content when I got home from school. I'd be editing videos. I'd be thinking of video ideas. And when that stopped being the thing, I just... I don't know, it genuinely felt like a part of me was missing. So I was like, right, I'm going to come back to YouTube. I'm going to stop making content again. I'm going to, I'm going to this time do it with like a quite a, I'm going I'm to do it with a strategy. I'm going to focus on one niche and build that niche and then expand out from there. And I was like, right, so what niche, what, what part of Halo do I, do I really like? So it was either between competitive Halo or the law and I chose law and I'm happy I did because, uh, I think I had more fun with that overall. Um, mm-hmm. So I came back, I focused for the first, like, first probably two years of content that I made for YouTube when I came back, honestly, I focused primarily on just law content, um, mm. law, theory, speculation, uh, and just kind of stuff like that. Um, and then I built that niche and then built off of that, expanded out of that. I went to, like, news videos and then gameplay videos. And I've even dabbled in other stuff as well now, like SCP stuff, which... Uh, I keep getting a lot of people asking for more SCP videos. I will make more. Anybody watching, I will make more. I promise I will do. Just right now, it's a hard time to be making content that's not about Halo. But uh, yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the the war and peace level history of <laughs> of how I started with content creation and Halo content creation in particular. So, what was the what? Do you remember the moment where you realized you were finally like gaining traction as, as Hidden Xperia? Like, what was what was it? What was the video yes. or the the moment? So, there are two very specific moments. One was a collaboration that I did with Halo Cannon, actually, right before Halo Five came out. Oh, um, nice. We did. I, I was a I was a massive fan of Halo Cannon. When he followed me back on Twitter, I freaked out, uh, and I was like, "Holy shit, dude! What? This is crazy!" And then <laughs> I I like. I shot my shot, slid into his DMs, and was like, hey, do you want to collab before Halo 5? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, let's do it. I was like, what? 
so he's great. He's great. Uh, Ian, he Ian is. is a fantastic. I owe so much of my success to Ian. Honestly, um, the guy is fantastic. Uh, I, I, yeah, I owe a lot of my. He success genuinely, to he genuinely tries to help people. You know, yeah. he's he's a, he was he was a guest on our show less than a year into starting, and then he has also mentioned us on his YouTube several times. Yeah, yeah, Ian is a, Ian is a is a great guy. Um, a great guy. He yeah, he's helped me out massively over the years. Uh, so we did a, a collab. Um, of the history of the Arbiter, and that gained me quite a lot of traction because um, that was like right before Halo Five. Views were like banging. Everyone was pulling like high five, low six figs on videos. So like, oh, it was it, that was. I remember sit, sitting there when the video released, just f fiving like every five seconds. My <laughs> sub count and the comments, just reading them all coming. It's awesome. It, that had to be oh, quite the euphoria. It, yeah. Dude, euphoria is the perfect term for it. It really is. You like you do feel euphoric. Um, so I, I yeah I owe a lot of that to Ian and then a few minutes later after Halo Five came out um, I made a video about why the elites look different like the canonical reasons for why the elites look different in Halo Four and Halo Five uh, and I remember that video I just kind of made it because I felt like so I've seen a lot of people talking about it uh, I myself had been curious I hadn't found out the reason until recently before that uh, so I was like hmm that's cool I'll make a video about that and then I re- I released it and I quite I actually quite quite vividly remember this I released it. And then I went to like go eat dinner or something, came back upstairs and like, I, I thought the view count had bugged because uh-huh. it, it just, it was one of those videos that had just like hit the algorithm, just got really lucky oh, and just smashed the algorithm. And it was absolutely banging. I was like, hang on, this has got to be a bug. There's no way this video is doing this well. So I was refreshing it. I think I even restart on my PC. <laughs> I went in down, turn it off and on again. Power um, cycle. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but can't exactly. be real. <laughs> but no, it was real. And that video gave me quite a lot of traction as well. Um, and then from there on out, I, I was like, right, there's a clear kind of need for law content. Um, so there you go. There you That's, go. Yeah. Man. See, I I'll mean, that, that goes so much into what we, Josh and I have uh, preached a million times over and Ackman said it as well when we had him on is people who are like wanting to get into creating something, content creation, just start even if your content sucks, you know, like just you got to like, you got to get going. You can't like buy, pay for some crazy startup animation and overlay and then come out to your audience of one viewer or less with it and just hope for success. It's just continuing to put stuff out, getting better over time. I mean, like you said, I mean, picture your like, origin story. I picture like someone, Brian, I'm sorry, like just, just having this whole room decked out and everything. It's got <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. ready, all the gear and everything set. They're ready to go and they're like, shit, I don't even know what podcast or what video I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I've seen people, I mean, and of course, I'm sure they usually have other reasons, but like playing video games on it, people have like these giant crazy PCs with this mic set up and green screen everything. Yeah. And they have like a less than 50 viewers or, or subscribes or whatever. And it's like, I admire the the passion to try to get into it that way, but a lot of times it's just like just put something out and see if any if it grabs, and then you know deviate in the direction of how the audience is telling you, and and you'll get there eventually. You know what I mean? Or well, yeah, not, it's that, nothing's guaranteed, of course, but I think for most that, people, if you start that way, you go a lot farther. I I agree. This the, this it's not always the case at all, but there is a saying in the UK called "all all the gear, no idea," and it's like mm-hmm. you do see people like that dropping like thousands and thousands on these insane setups when you don't need to do that obviously if you want to do it like feel free go ahead but like mm-hmm. it's not this necessary thing it's not a hurdle that you've got to cross to get into content creation like i i started out with a laptop and uh my headset mic mm-hmm. that's all you need yeah, well you nice. i mean the entirety of sacred I- sacred icon has been on josh and i's best buy laptops with yeti mics 
That, yeah. There you go. They, dude, Yeti, Yetis are great. I used a Yeti up until like a year and a half ago. Uh, no, actually, uh, no, a year a year ago, I bought this mic right before the campaign demo last year. So I've mm-hmm. I used a Yeti for years. Yeti's are genuinely great mics that yeah. are affordable and very. You don't ever Those need to replace them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, no, exactly. I mean, and the thing is, I've 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 put a lot of thought into like buying more gear, buying more stuff. You know, having a PC set up for this stuff, and it's like everything I've wanted to do has I've been capable with what I have, and it's like. When the time, when the need comes, you'll know when the need's there yes. to get those specific things, you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, Luke, yeah, i got to ask no. you something. You mentioned some of the multiplayer earlier with, with Halo 3. So was Halo 3 your first foray into online matchmaking? Or was it Halo 3? Yeah, I think technically it was. I played a Halo 2 matchmaking, but I don't think I played it until... Or at least I didn't play it like on my own account frequently on my own console okay. until after Halo 3. So What was your first yeah. experience like going into that online because for me i had played halo 2 i mean play halo 1 first and i get to halo 2 and i play it and it took i think it was 2005 2006 i'm a bit fuzzy now but it was around then when i finally got on it and by then hey the hype's already building for halo 3 but i had just gotten on and like i've said it to brian before but the first experience i had of doing 16 players in a btb match was like mind-blowing because i used to do yeah. so many land parties and i was like that was the dream yeah so getting to that online was like holy shit what was it like I- for you uh, well, I played a metric shit ton of split screen on Halo CE, Halo nice. 2, and Halo 3 before. So, like, mm-hmm. I was no stranger to Halo multiplayer. I'd played a lot of it, just not online. But, I like, playing, what was it called? Was it, was it called Training Grounds? You know that playlist in Halo 3 that you used to have to play when you were in your account? Um, yeah, I do remember that now, I think it, I think it was called Training Grounds or Proving Grounds or something like that. Um, I played uh, I played my first game on that on, like, like Guardian Free For All. And I'll never forget feeling like this, just, I I don't know what the feeling was. It was just like pure amazement. Like I am playing over the internet. I mean, I'd played online games before on PC, like RTSs and stuff like Battle for Middle Earth. I played those online um, and RuneScape and stuff as well, obviously. But playing Halo online was just like, it was surreal because obviously, like I said, I didn't get to play it until like, I think it was like April, maybe 2008. Uh, But I'd been, I'd played a lot of it on my friend's account on his Xbox when he had live uh, in like 2007, and uh, God, I remember being addicted to it to the point where like <laughs> I'm pretty sure I had to be pulled away from the console to leave. Like I couldn't stop playing. Oh, um, nice! But it was it was so fun. I I just remember being addicted. Um, it it was unlike anything else. It added a whole new level of replayability to the game. I mean, the campaigns were already enough for me. Like back right. then, I didn't even need multiplayer. Like I loved it and I, I loved playing it with friends. But I could like, Halo Two and Halo CE. I just played the campaigns over and over yeah. and over and over and over and over again for like for literally their entire lifespan and didn't feel bored so it wasn't like a it wasn't like i was like oh phew i'm not bored of halo anymore it was more so like shit i've now got something else to love about it like, there's this whole other kinda, layer kinda seemed, to it it's been peeled yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it kind of seemed like online was out of reach at least because we're all you know I, josh is a josh is the oldest one here but we're all in a somewhat you know the grizzled ancient here. with the gray hair there <laughs> but uh but yeah, I, I think we're all in that range of like the internet seemed out of reach for gaming sometimes. I remember I've told the story many times in the podcast, but I remember trying to buy a dial-up to Ethernet converter so I could play my Xbox Live. Oh, and it's God. like, that doesn't work that way, man. But like, I didn't get it. You know, it's like, why does this cable, we have dial-up, but it doesn't, it's too small. If I just got in a converter, we I could play Xbox Live. So I, I played Halo 2 first, but it was on my 360 months before Halo 3 came out, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was at the end of its life. 
I think I actually have a similar story about the dial of Ethernet cable now that I think about it. Because when Halo 3 first came out, I tried getting Xbox Live set up and I had this weird issue where it would work like fine until I got into a game and then I'd get DC'd and kicked. And you know how in Halo 3 you'd lose one XP for leaving a game? Yeah. I'm almost certain if I could find the name of that account, I'm pretty sure it's in negative XP because I'd get into a game and just instantly get kicked and then I'd get into a game again and instantly it just wouldn't work. So I think I think that was why because I had this really like this like jerry rigged setup of trying to get it, trying to get it to work because that was back in the day before like like commonplace Wi-Fi was a thing. Yeah. I was Ethernet or Etherneted up like all the way. So yeah, I think I have a similar story. Actually. The things we did to get that stuff going, you know, <laughs> Andy, right? <laughs> also, just like you know, playing playing like RuneScape or something, and and like your well, at least for me, I was playing on dial up when I started. And like my mom would have to make a phone call, which means I'd have oh, to get off. No. Oh, that's and the I'm worst, just like, man. Mom, like, do you not understand how many more use I need? <laughs> like, this is I- no time to call grandma. Okay, just wait. You can call her at ten o'clock when I go to bed. Yeah, dude, seeing that little box on RuneScape in the top right, connection lost, waiting to reestablish. Like, oh no, not like this. Mom, you better not be calling grandma again. I'll have- <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, awesome. but yeah so going back to where because you were saying like you so you really started picking up uh, coming up on halo 5 you were stoked for it you were collabing with uh, halo cannon it's so it's kind of a multifaceted question i'm like on one hand you were said you were so excited for halo 5 pretty sure that led to disappointment when the game came out that's my guess right before because uh, you were not happy with the story right no uh, first uh, very when i first finished the campaign i remember feeling kind of indifference uh, okay. Like, I'd, I didn't actually hate it, r- like, right out the gate as soon as I finished it. I didn't hate it. Um, but at the same time, it, I remember vividly feeling like I didn't feel like I felt after Halo 4s or Halo 3s or Reaches or Halo 2s. Like, it did feel different, but I didn't, like, outright dislike it. Like, I, like, ended up disliking it later on. Um, mm-hmm. I think partially because I remember the morning after I finished it, one of my friends uh, sent me the legendary ending. And I watched it and I was like, oh, okay, right. That actually gives me a little bit of hope. Because for me, the legendary ending was like the best bit of Halo 5, honestly. <laughs> That's um, totally fair. Like that, that kind of, at least in the short term, saved it for me. But at first, like right, initially right out the gate, I really enjoyed the multiplayer. Um, but after a few months, my opinion changed quite heavily. Mm. I ended up not liking it as much not liking it yeah well uh, yeah apologize for putting words in your mouth and i'm actually glad that's how that went for you because usually when we bring that up on with anybody on the show it's like oh yeah i didn't like halo 5 at all so but you actually kind of resonated with it okay enough at the beginning yeah um yeah i really like so the first time i played halo 5 I, I as soon as the campaign ended i was so i was so mad i was just so <laughs> upset like, our whole that, friend group felt it too Brian oh was really like halo hype man i mean i was there more for the multiplayer i was excited for the story but i was more there for the multiplayer and i was having fun with that the story i was like you luke i was indifferent too and i was still kind of in a state of like processing it all yeah but for that, brian that, he was, yeah that's a good point i think that's kind of the state that i was in i was like I hadn't fully processed like everything that I'd witnessed. I was like, right, okay, does this make sense? Was that a good plot point? Because like, you know, when you yeah. first get the game and you're really excited for it, you're not thinking straight, you're not thinking rationally. You're just like, obviously, consume. Has- yeah, it did <laughs> exactly, dude, exactly. <laughs> Must consume product. Yeah. Like, it, it, everyone gets that honeymoon phase, which is why I don't think you can accurately judge a game in the first month or two of its yeah. launch because everyone is honeymooned. Like everyone thinks it's the best thing ever. It's better than all the other ones that came out, but then. After like a month or two, with with any game, including like Halo Two and Halo Three, that I think are beautiful, near perfect games, the cracks do begin to show once you get out of the honeymoon yeah. phase. Uh, and I think once I left the honeymoon phase, it did start to become more apparent to me. Like, right, hang on, this part of the story doesn't make sense, and this is kind of dumb. 
and I really don't like this. And then it started to, I was like, right, okay, maybe I'm not a massive fan of this. See, I, yeah, I, I rolled my eyes so hard that it actually strained them about a week ago <laughs> when somebody played the technical preview the first day and they made a, a serious tweet saying they thought it might be their favorite Halo ever. And I, uh, yeah. I literally put, a, I put a, a gif there that was like, just pump the brakes. Like I borrowed it from Josh. Yeah. I'm like, just pump the brakes. Like, <laughs> yeah. th- this is the technical preview for like a select multiplayer maps and modes against bots. No, like even if the full game was out, it's too early. But but no, yeah. just no. Uh, like the enthusiasm yeah. though to whoever. That yeah, is. yeah. <laughs> right, like don't get me wrong, it was fun as hell, and I enjoyed it so much more than I thought I was going to. But you, mm-hmm. there's no, like I've said this in videos, you, you can't be out here judging the game positively or negatively on the whole based on what we played because it was such a small vertical slice of the overall product it's it and it's also like pre-beta as well you can't you can't be judging it either way too too much right now just take take all these flights as they come enjoy them for what they are but don't think that it's how you're going to think about the entire game whether it's positive or negative because it's it's most likely going to change yeah no and i I mean i think it was it was good you were i can see you were trying to make a, a call to constructive uh criticism with your, yeah. your tweets and your video because there there's so many different there's two different extreme sides and it's funny that josh and i always get thrown on one side which is not really true um the two extreme sides are usually like you're super negative and hateful towards halo all the time or you love it and if anyone criticizes it you get mad yeah. and everyone tries to pretend it's perfect and it's just like uh they people you know start calling it toxic positivity and a lot of times me and josh get called that but the thing is i notice the way the way we do it, see this we think it's a good idea at least, is on Twitter we we try to keep a positive edge to tweets because they're so short in characters and anything you say gets taken out of context. So we, we lean positive. But if you listen to our podcast, you watch any of the videos we have up on YouTube, Josh and I have been very critical of many things. It's just there's a time and place for it. And a lot of times people go, Oh well, you know, uh, Brian and Josh, Secret Icon, they just they just love anything three 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 four three puts out. It's like, well, I know you haven't listened to any of our actual content. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, right. That's not the case. But no, I'm glad I'm glad you said that because there, you know, that wasn't a uh, it wasn't a perfect technical preview. It was awesome. I was we were thrilled. It right. was yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, but and like I said, especially after I watched your video and and saw the uh, your points specifically about the the visual and audio feedback and stuff like that. That's why we ended up talking about it because it was like this is something that really really seemed off to me. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like that people don't seem to realize that if you're like attacking people for just being purely positive or being purely negative about a technical preview that we were invited to to give feedback on and help improve via positive and negative feedback then you don't understand why we're here like mm-hmm. i'm sorry you just don't get it because we were we were not invited to that preview to just love it or just hate it we were there to give feedback that is what right. we're doing feedback Absolutely. is going to be positive there are many things that i loved and it's going to be critical there are things that mm-hmm. we didn't like like right like it's just it's i i, we, I mean it's a, I've said it before, it's a technical preview. That's why we were there. Like, yeah. people, the whole, like, toxic positivity thing and, like, just purely being negative thing, it just it just does my head in because, like, it's stifling actual genuine constructive criticism that will make the game better for everybody else. Mm-hmm. But it, it does my head in. And I, I agree, like, there is a time and a place for sure. Um, and, like, Twitter being such a limited uh, platform in terms of how you can get your points across in one tweet. Oh, yeah. You have to be. You have to word stuff like really well and get your point across as like succinctly as possible, and it's not always easy. Um, yeah. So yeah, I. I it's actually that's exact. That's kind of the reason that we actually formed a, real, uh, a friendship with uh, Haruspis because he made a tweet 
uh, referencing Halo 3 and misogyny. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, like a couple yeah, years ago. Vaguely, and yeah. And he made it like a one tweet, and like it started making the rounds. People were shit-talking him and, and, and all this stuff, and it was just blowing up. And I, I messaged him, and I said, hey, man, like Twitter's a rough place to make a, a one tweet. Do you want to come on the podcast and we can talk about it? And then he was like, oh, yeah, definitely. And now we've had him on so many yeah. times since then. Love it's him. been great. And yeah, Alex it, it, is a great guy. His accent puts me to sleep all the time, <laughs> the best possible I mean, way. Alex's voice is mendicant bias's voice. I'm, I'm convinced. <laughs> I'm, hey, I'd, dude. Be, I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> the Halo yeah. ASMR for me, man. Uh, he's such I a love. nice, such a talented guy that, like, I, I, I feel bad for the people that uh, didn't like something he said on Twitter and and yeah. and, and outcast him or something like that. Gnome. Yeah, yeah, because uh, they're they're missing out they're big lost. time. Um, but yeah, so going back to so you you didn't mind Halo Five story as much, and you said you liked the multiplayer at first, and then uh, kind of went off after a while. Um, how did that look for you? Like, content, what was the content creation scope like for you after Halo Five came out? Did it get better than, <sighs> better than Halo Four? I would imagine because that was pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, it was definitely better than Halo Four for sure. Um, the first, I'm trying to think, the first couple minutes of Halo Five, I didn't, I, I didn't actually make much, which is kind of sounds kind of weird, right? Were you, well, I'm I sure just, you were just focused on like consuming it, right? Yeah, I think that was the main thing. I just kind of wanted to play it, and um, mm-hmm. it wasn't at a point where making content was like it was like a job or anything yet. So like, gotcha. I didn't feel like a need to, um, mm-hmm. but then uh, when I started making law content, I made a lot of theories about halo five. In fact, my, th- <laughs> funnily enough, my first ever halo theory video was about the legendary ending where I said that halo infinite is going to take place, or halo six, as it was called at the time mm-hmm. <laughs> is going to take place on the Zeta halo. Oh, that's awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> November, November 29th, 2015, I made that video. Mark it. Yeah. <laughs> Mark that shit. Yes. I'm, I'm, and, you were, and you were right, you know. Um, yeah, that's, pure, that's pure luck. Cool. Absolute fluke, yeah. but I'll take it. I was picturing you yeah, look like pointing at it, edit. See? <laughs> I was right. I, I called it. Right. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, when I watched that ending, I thought, okay, she's taking control of Halos in general. That's kind of what I thought. I didn't really put much yeah. thought to it being... Zeta Halo, but yeah, it's crazy where we're at now. So I, I, I would just imagine like, so we started in at the end of 2019. So at that point, you'd already seen the the Slip Space Engine demo and the uh, the 2019 trailer. Uh, Outpost Discovery had just just ended. Uh, was when we started. So there was there was hope in the air for New Halo when we started. But I would have I would have thought that like those years where Halo Five wasn't well received and MCC didn't work would have been really hard years for yeah, content creation. Like? Did you feel that? Well, you know, it's weird. So many people have blown up because of Halo 5, directly and indirectly. So, uh, Ubernick, Actman, Halo Cannon, Late Night Gaming, uh, Loot the Notable, Forge Labs, um, uh, Rock, uh, Rocket Sloth, kind of, as well. I mean, they've been a bit later. They've been doing, like, a lot of MCC stuff, but kind of, as well. There's so many people that have, like, fully blown up off of Halo 5, it what obviously it wasn't the most well received game, uh, but I it's it's weird. It definitely reinvigorated a lot of Halo fans. I noticed that at least on the content creation and like analytics side, that a lot of people were were interested in Halo. It's it's like the way that I always called it. They were like dormant Halo fans. They still loved Halo. They were still interested in Halo, but they hadn't had a Halo game that had really brought them back to the franchise yet. And I think Halo Five almost did that, but I think. I think with Halo Five, they pushed the boat out too much of the gameplay that it alienated a lot of people, and part of the part of the reason for that, I think, is that it just wasn't a casual, friendly game at all. Yeah. Like, 
it, the, the mixture of like the, all the insane gameplay, the lack of social playlists, and then when they when they did add a social playlist, the really uh, like tightly controlled skill based matchmaking in them. That like I've spoken to so many people about this who played Halo Five like throughout the entire lifespan are all max ranking that game, and they were all said to me without even even asking them like, yeah, social felt like felt more like ranked than ranked did in Halo Five. Like that is <laughs> yeah. that's not. That's not an experience that is conducive to bringing a lot of people back that maybe right. played in Halo 3 and Halo Reach, which were two, like, obviously they both had great competitive sides, but overall, Halo 3 and Halo Reach were very casual games, which is why they had such big audiences. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think Halo 5 was particularly conducive to the kind of things that they wanted from a Halo game. So it kind of got them interested, but not enough to stop playing the game again. But I think, I, I think, fingers crossed, Infinite's going to be the one to mm -hmm. finally yes. <laughs> yeah. bring those dormant fans back and also invigorate a lot of new players from other games as well and bring them in. Because Infinite seems like the kind of game, it, it really, in a way, reminds me of Halo 3 mm -hmm. in how it's quite casual at its core, but could also have a hyper-competitive side to it as well. I could definitely um, see that, yeah. And games since Halo 3... Since Reach really have kind of been one or the other. Like Halo Four was far too casual, no ranks. Uh, the BR was a laser. It didn't. It just wasn't good for competitive at all. And then Halo Five was really good for competitive, but awful for casual. And I really feel like with Infinite, yeah. Three Four Three have found this really nice Halo Three style balance between the two, uh, where it feels like both styles of gameplay can be accommodated really easily. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that we don't have another issue like Halo 5, uh, where a lot of people get interested but don't actually play the game. Um, and then obviously MCC being patched and everything, that was really big. MCC coming to PC was huge. Uh, yeah. I I noticed, so when that got announced, <clears throat> and like the month leading up to Reach PC, I noticed views that were beating out Infinite videos on MCC videos, oh, really? which was oh, actually shit. blowing my brain at the time. At the yeah. time, it actually it actually kind of concerned me a little bit. So I was thinking like, right, this is great short term, but like, does this mean people aren't interested in Halo Infinite? Does this mean that when it's MCC PCs had all the games come out, that's going to be it? Like, mm -hmm. but obviously that's not the case because no. people are living Infinite. But that, that was- an audience, right? People who had either never played Halo or they played Halo growing up, but they had moved to PC yeah. or PlayStation. Now they were like, hey, my boy's back. Like I can play Halo right. now. Because I know yeah. a lot of people, like my pretty much my entire friend or all of my friend groups after the like 360 PS3 era just went to PC. Didn't buy Xbox Ones, uh, didn't buy Xbox what Xbox Series Xs or anything. Just have been PC since. Uh, mm -hmm. So they they've been kind of sidelined from Halo the entire time. But now obviously they're they're not. They're they're able to they're able to play it again. Like actually, funnily Sorry. enough, I have one of my uh, one of my longtime friends messaged me yesterday saying uh, that he wants to. Um, he wants me to run it through the Halo campaigns with him. Oh, be cool! Because cool, he's played awesome. Reach, but he's never played any of the other ones. Oh uh, shit! So I'm also going to take him through Reach. Uh, it, so I'm, I, sure, I'm sure, like, I feel like all your so. all your friends, like all your friends that are, you're like the Halo guy in the group. Like, how can you not be your hidden experience? Yeah. So it's like <laughs> so they, they're just like if they want to say anything about Halo, they're probably coming to you. Like, I got I to let them know. I like. Well, I, I've actually been known as the Halo guy since. Uh, the the British equivalent of like second grade, so uh, mm. oh nice, it's pretty much been nice. stuck throughout my entire. Every life. friend group has that because like that yeah. in, in in our area, that was always me. That's why like that's why Josh said that it was Halo Five was so rough because because actually you know I I didn't even finish that kind of story out is um when I I talked to Josh uh, after Halo Four came out and Josh told me that 
I mean, basically, his first impression was he, he kind of just hated He didn't like it at all, Halo 4. Like, uh, yeah, you know, I didn't know what was going really? on. I was like, the campaign, what am I shooting the... at? I was so cool. But I also didn't <laughs> campaign, follow the, the marketing or anything, so I was so out of out of sorts with it yeah yeah Go ahead. so then i started like um i, I could have just showed him a hidden experience video but i, I started <laughs> telling him all the deep lore about halo 4 we're just sitting there like he didn't even ask where i'm like but dude greg bears trilogy but dude primordium like the primordial like silentium dude what about uh having reasonable time to consider your query yes i would like the rings i'm like i'm telling him all this stuff and josh's <laughs> mind it's just well, like to make blowing this, up to make this yeah. better, to put some seasoning on this story because it's one of my favorites. I go over to my cousins, who Brian is also a friend of, and we're gonna play. What was it, Mario Party? Mario, Mario Kart. On the Wii U. Yeah, on the Wii U. And I hadn't seen Brian in like months at that point. And he, I go over there, and I'm like, okay, I'll try out the Wii U. I'll try all this out. I'm like, this is gonna be fun, sure. And uh, and then he mentions to me, Brian's coming over, and I'm like, oh, cool. You know, three's <laughs> a crowd, right? Yeah. And I get there, and I'm sitting down, and we're playing a little bit of it, and uh, then Brian's like. Okay, Josh. What do you remember about Halo Four? And then, like, instantly, <laughs> instantly, it shifts, and I answer, and I'm like, I don't really remember much from it. I didn't really enjoy. It. Like, Halo is not on my mind at that point. I'm so out of like even gaming at that point. I didn't even know MCC's coming out, so I'm really out of touch. And Brian's like, Well, did you know this? Did you know that? Okay, I can understand why you didn't like that, but here's this, and then explains to me just three, four, three, guilty spark, and obviously, like he was talking earlier about the the Forerunner trilogy, and like. Yeah. My mind, the wheels start turning, and Brian can see it, and my body language has shifted away from the television, and I still feel bad <laughs> to my cousin to this like, day because, like, suddenly I'm like, Mario, what? Like, I don't give a shit about that. Like, suddenly I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like that Ratatouille moment where he like reverts back to his childlike state, and I'm like, Halo, <laughs> like I missed you. He, he was broke. all in at that yeah. point. He was nice. all in at that point. Then, then nice. suddenly he was like, okay, I want to give this a shot. I want to get more into the books. And then, you know, MCC started coming out. And he's like, okay, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. And then Halo 5 marketing. And he really started, Josh really started coming Whoa. out to it. And now, now you like Halo. He launched, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot, a lot of people like that thing. So I think Halo 4 story, uh, I always, I've always liked it. Um, Me too. I've, I've never, I never really liked playing it until recently on PC. I think it plays far better on PC than it on console. Mm. But oh. I've always loved the story. Okay. Uh, and I've, I've, I've always loved the story, but I have always understood why people don't like the story because it is radically different to yeah. all of Bungie's titles, even the more emotional ones like Halo Reach and Halo 3. It is radically different. Um, and I, again, I, I do understand the people that say it doesn't feel like Halo. To me, it does feel like Halo. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, again, I, I do, I do get why some people think that it doesn't because it is a very different direction. It's a very different tone, very different atmosphere. Chief's character is it, it is very different to how Bungie treated him, and that was obviously intentional. Um, right, I like that, but I do understand why some people aren't particularly fond of that. Yeah, I, I, we're in the same boat. I mean, I think I think it feels very Halo. I like it a lot. Josh has come around to it a lot. Oh, definitely. I can see where people come from on that. But it it, it was unfortunate because like I got I got Josh so hyped up for it, and then MCC came out and didn't work. Yeah, we we got excited for Halo Five. And then me being like, I was the guy who I loved from the moment I loved Halo. I loved all of the stuff at some level, all the way to Halo Five, and I beat Halo 5's campaign. And I was like, the, I was lead, I was kind of like leading the friend group with this Halo hype to launch. And I played Halo Five story, and I remember being like halfway, like three fourths of the way through it. And I thought, I'm not liking this and this and that. And I thought, well, if they just kind of wrap it up, they just kind of finish it in a way that I like. I think I can be okay. And then my least favorite part of the game was was Cortana showing up at the end and, and yeah. all that with the cryptum. And I was just so I remember going to bed thinking maybe I'll just sleep on it. And I woke up and I like realized that everything I played was real. And I was like, <laughs> I don't, I hate this. The dream I is over. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate, and and that's the thing is like. 
and once again, like that's something we talk about in this podcast all the time is we're constantly repeating ourselves, saying things we've said before. But like I was, I was pretty angry towards Halo as a franchise for like two years after Halo Five. I just I wasn't interested in it as much. I just stopped kind of paying attention because I was like, I don't like this direction. I don't want squad mechanics. I don't want revive. I don't like what's going on with Cortana. The Warden Eternal was just like the lamest character ever for me. So I I was really hard on it. And then um, what kind of happened is. We, me and Josh were getting really nostalgic for Halo 3's launch September 25th of 2019. And we were kind of like, you know, we ended up wanting, the, the short version of the story is we, we wanted to do something about it. So we started Sacred Icon. And it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't because of Infinite or anything. It was like we just had so much nostalgia for old Halo memories. And we're like, let's, let's do something with this. And then it, and it kicked off. And then, of course, you know, it, it helped that Infinite was coming out. And now that's something yeah. we're excited for as well. Um, but well, it was tough yeah, because you had so many people that were like, like at that point in time, even for me, I was like, I would get so nostalgic. I throw on the Halo Two soundtrack or just any <laughs> of them, really. But like, especially that one for me, and I'd instantly think of all the Lamb Party memories I had. My, it was just you know, it was like hit me like an awesome wave, and and I was like, man, I miss that. And everyone's moved on, and like people are going hard in Destiny. Everyone's going hard in this game and that game and that game. And I'm like, that's cool, but like, man, I miss when Halo was relevant, and that was just like a really tough time and then you see the anniversary of Halo 3 pop up and Brian's yeah. filmed it on the campaign side which I am to an extent but I've I'm definitely more like Halo keeps me around because the multiplayer I always love the maps because I feel like I get to live in those worlds a bit more and kind of run around and stuff so uh yeah that was definitely a moment of like we got to do something well it was crazy because I was actually I can actually remember the moment I'll probably never forget the moment now I was so I got married in 2019 summer of 2019 nice. so I was laying in bed my wife was reading a book and I was looking at halo stuff on my phone the whole <laughs> life. and we'd only been married for like four months or whatever and it was the it was the the anniversary of halo 3 and i almost felt like 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 my eyes were tearing up thinking about like looking around my surroundings i'm like okay i'm i'm i'm, I'm in my late 20s i'm married i moved away from home um halo 3 is now 12 years behind us at the time and i was like <laughs> yeah I just, man, I just remember waiting for that game, the hype, the excitement, the LAN parties, the friends. I was like, I got, I just kind of looked over at her. Luckily, luckily, my, my wife's a nerd too. I was like, babe, I'm so, I'm so filled with emotion right now for Halo. <laughs> I got to do something about it. Oh my God, what a hero. Yeah, I'm like, I, got, I have to do something about Halo. I'm so emotional. <laughs> um, and, and I actually, like, I, 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 it was for like a month, I was just, I was writing, just writing little articles. I, it's not like I had any like experience with writing or anything. Like that. I was like writing articles about my feelings about Halo. And then Josh brought up a podcast, and we started doing the podcast, and that's what took off, and the, the Twitter and YouTube stuff now, and all that. Um, but uh, and it's it's so cool and it's so crazy because I would watch, and I don't know if you could put yourself in this headspace, Luke, before you were really into content creation. But like I would watch Hidden Xperia YouTube videos. I would. Oh. Oh, what do you oh, go ahead? Go ahead. Look like no, no, fin finish your point. Finish okay. your point first. Yeah. I would watch Hidden yeah. Xperia videos. I would watch Halo Canon videos. I would read Haruspis articles. I didn't have a Twitter account. I wasn't a content creator. And you guys were all people that I liked, but you're almost like this nebulous content creator thing in the void. It wasn't really a person to it. And then once you know we started and we got out there and started making friends and getting around. And starting to realize that these are real people that are just like us, that are fans and excited, and they've got an audience. And it's just kind of crazy because, I mean, here we are now, we're talking to you. We've talked to so many other people. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, um, it's awesome. Surreal. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, one of the most surreal things about doing content creation and about growing, growing a, a channel is starting to meet people 
and talk to people that I was a huge fan of for years before and just have it be kind of normal. Like, yeah, the amount of times that I've had, that's happened where, like, I've been at, like, for example, back in, like, 2011, 2012, I was, like, I've, like, I've always been a Call of Duty fan. Um, not, not so much recent years, but, like, COD 4, World at War. World at War is, like, my Halo 2 for Call of Duty. I like the series was booming. That time yeah. the series was really booming, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I used to lot, watch, like, a lot of COD YouTubers back then. Uh, and now, like... I know quite a lot of them and it's just it's weird it's it's so it's never not surreal to me when like i get like a message from one of them or like one of them like likes a tweet or applies mm-hmm. to a tweet or like not just like, like any youtuber that i used to watch that like that, that follows me now it's that it's just that is the most surreal thing to me it's like i don't know it it's almost like a milestone of like how far you've come when you have that kind of stuff happen it feels it does feel it, that's the point where you go from like being just like a fan to being like oh shit like, i'm kind of like <laughs> technically working with these guys now in a way like yeah, it's, yeah. it's really it's really cool um and i think a, a lot of it something that i wanted to say earlier is that i think we, when you guys talk about halo nostalgia and how you you kind of you use that nostalgia to create sacred icon and then like here we are right mm-hmm. that is something that i think halo has massively as an advantage over every other franchise in existence right every big content creator nowadays that you look at has halo nostalgia Every single one of them, they may not agree with what people want in the Halo community, right? Mm-hmm. They may they may want a battle royale. People in the Halo community don't. Point. That's fine. But at the end of the day, these massive personalities, huge people, even like celebrities, have all got huge, huge Halo nostalgia that I think is going to pay dividends for Infinite. Like when you've got yeah. people like like Nick Merckx, uh, Noah J, Dark, uh, Ninja, or Big One, obviously Ninja, yeah, ex Halo Pro coming back and playing it and then realizing like shit this is really fun again this is like actually mm-hmm. feeling like halo again i think that is gonna work like a charm for infinite i really do uh, it's in our blood basically <laughs> it literally is and that's like you were saying earlier halo halo really hits you like unlike any other game like yeah like i played loads of other games before halo i played like mario uh i played like x-men games like loads of other games uh-huh. like fighting games stuff like that before halo but none of them had ever really hit me like no video game and hit me like halo and i think that's something that sticks with you forever that yeah that's something unique that halo has that no other game like i am a huge huge metal gear fan as you can i don't know if you guys i can see, see that yeah. back there i was like that looks yeah. cool i was peeping that earlier I was, yeah it looks awesome i am a huge metal gear fan love it almost as much as halo but even metal gear doesn't it doesn't hit me quite the same as halo like I still, I, yeah. and I think that I think that is going to really, really pay dividends for Infinite. I don't, I don't know what that thing is that makes it so, so special. But I completely agree with you because for me, like in in your place in Metal Gear, for me it's Zelda. Yeah. Um, right after Halo, Ocarina of Time. It's my favorite game of all time. I love all the other Zeldas, Wind Waker. Uh, you know, all all that stuff, Twilight Princess, and. Before the technical preview, I'm sure you've at least seen the marketing, they released the Skyward Sword HD for the Switch. And I picked that up because I'd never actually, I didn't like the Wii motion control, so I never played it. Um, So I got it for my Switch, and I was so into it. I was having a blast playing on my Switch, and then the technical preview goes up. (laughs) And I push push it aside, and I start playing playing, uh, the technical preview and making content. And even now, the technical preview's been over for, for, what is it, almost two weeks or whatever, and I haven't picked Zelda back up. I can't, I can't pick Zelda back up because I'm just, I'm in the Halo mood, you know. I, yeah. There's no room for Zelda. Well, it was weird to play against bots for the first time in Halo's history after doing that in so many other games. That's still, yeah. That's something I still find myself processing. It's like I didn't get a chance. To, I missed out on the PvP window, but I was just like, 
this is so unique and it didn't feel it didn't feel weird in a, a no. bad way for sure but it was just like holy shit like we finally arrived and if i could have had this back in 2004 before i got internet access before we all had the internet yeah. wow you know yeah. so i'm so happy you know like if i could just I mean, don't get me wrong. If a 2021 Josh could go back in the past and tell that 2004 Josh that you got to wait for that long, I'd hate myself. But at the same time, <laughs> right now, it's like, well, this is cool. I made it this yeah. far, so it's pretty neat. Yeah, definitely. I was in the same boat, actually, when the technical preview came out. I was uh, just about to finish Dark Souls 2 for the first time. Oh, and nice. I was also, uh, I was like halfway through Dead Space 2 as well for the first time. And, like, I find it so hard to go back to any of the games since. I've seen a lot of people, like, Nick saying, like, oh, I can't go back and play MCC now after playing Infinite. And, like, I, don't get me wrong, I love all the games in MCC to death, but it's just it's just not Infinite, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. It, it, it's, it's crazy to have a new Halo that also feels more like the Halo of, of our nostalgic, you know, yeah. times. Um, well, I was, uh, real, real quick, ahead, Ron, I'm sorry, uh, before I forget, I like what you said earlier, Luke, about the, the multiplayer and like how some of the other ones uh, kind of had, you know, like the Bungie ones had that kind of casual, friendly approach. And it's like through that, people became competitive, but then with something like Halo 5, even though I love Halo 5's multiplayer personally, it's like it wasn't accessible to, to casual, friendly people. And if, I mean, if you don't play that game for a couple months and you go in and play it, you get so stomped. And for so many casual people going in who might decide, Game Pass, oh, I'll try it out. And they get stomped. It's like that ruins their whole perspective of that experience. Yeah. And it's like I, I definitely noticed that uh, the, the success seems to be if you make it more accessible, make it more casual, competitive people will find a way to enjoy that. Like, I mean, yeah. I still remember the damn Ghost of Lockout video back in the <laughs> Halo 2 days and everything of like all these different trick jumps and videos, whether they were fake or real. And just people found ways to, to, to make what seemed initially to be casual friendly super competitive and hence mlg and esports yeah i mean the way i see it halo 3 vanilla halo 3 is like the most casual video game ever conceived by humanity and yet it's like it was the apex of console esports right like yeah it's if the way that i see it is if you have a game that's built for competitive the competitive crowd aren't going to become casual players but if you have a game built built for casual players that has the ability to be modified for competitive purposes Casual players can become competitive players. I'm like an example of that. Like, I didn't, I, I, I never played competitive stuff until like late Halo Three, early Halo Reach, and then okay. I got addicted to game battles and started playing oh, game nice. battles all the time. Very nice. Um, like it's one of those things. I, I feel like it only goes one way. You can't go from casual to com- from competitive to, ca- to casual, but you can definitely go from casual to competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think infinite going for more of the casual route but then hopefully with the option to really change the game for competitive if need be is a is the best way to go yeah i definitely yeah i i kind of and i kind of see that already with i watched the um, i really enjoyed the uh shyways video on the crouch sprint jumping and how you navigate the map i'm like I can see, you know, once people really, the pros get that down, like they're just going to be all over the place. First week already, that's what I can't wait for. (laughs) It's one of those unique things about Halo, you know, like how can we find something that's, it's not necessarily manipulation, but it's like almost not intended, but it is, you know, it's just like weird. Just like the modern version of BXR and double shotting and BXB, like, uh, yeah, I I, I agree. Halo 5 actually had a really cool one of those at the start. Um, I don't know if you remember Slide Boot, uh, uh, what was it called? No, I can't remember what the term was. So you sprint, thrust, and then slid off an edge. Yep. This, and it, yeah. You know, yeah, remember that? That Dude, that was so, so much fun. And I'm, I get why they got rid of it, because it was broken. 
but it was so fun and I really wish they didn't. And I love little like exploits like that. Like I am a massive fan of, of Halo, Halo 2's button combos. Uh, I actually think that it's mind-blowing that we've never had a first-person shooter to integrate button combos in the sa- like Halo 2's in the same way that fighting games do, where you've got like a list of Why them. isn't that a thing? Yeah. yeah. Right? Like really the button combos in Halo 2 was such a cool skill gap. Like people like to say that BXR was OP and yeah, it was, but that doesn't mean that it was unbalanced. Like yeah. the rocket launch something attainable for everyone. Yeah, yeah anyone exactly. could still do it if you just took the time. You know, I mean, it wasn't like, so difficult. The rocket launch is overpowered, but you have to fight the enemy for it, and it's on a three-minute cooldown. BXR is overpowered, but you have to be able to pull off like a frame-perfect combo in combat whilst getting shot at. It's not easy to pull off. Like right. if it was like everyone was pulling it off casually, then yeah, it'd be it'd be broken. But like I don't know. I always thought button combos in Halo Two were a really unique skill gap that no game has managed to replicate since. Uh, and so seeing stuff like that, like that, what you said about what, the thing that Shyway found with uh, the, thr- yeah. the the sliding off uh, like ramps, that's so cool. I really hope stuff like that gets found because it just adds that level of skill to the to the skill gap. See, I think I think that you're right. Like if somebody would capitalize on like the button combo shooter, that could be its own subgenre, like Dark Souls, where like people start replicating it. They, <laughs> I, honestly, I can't believe that no one has done it because yeah. I, I just I just can't I Agreed. can't believe I can't believe Agreed something done. Um, I wanted to ask you about a couple of your experiences. I want to—I I might have this wrong, but I'm pretty sure you have been to three four three, right? I feel like I saw yes. a picture. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, what I've came? What came first? Was going to three four three or Outpost Discovery? Oh, going to three four three. When was that, and what was that experience like? Uh, 2017. Uh, I was quite hungover. Uh, the morning <laughs> when we uh, so the day before the three four three tour, we uh had a, this like party thing. This like. It's cool. it, we have this like barbecue thing. It's like a, a PAX kind of tradition. Okay. Uh, and more alcohol was drunk than should have been. Uh, and <laughs> I remember, so I remember going into the, the lobby and seeing uh, Jeff Grimber, the one there. We were, everyone was like hanging. Like everyone was like, "Oh no, dude, this is, this is rough." But like, I, I just walked in there, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like I'm actually here. Like it was, <laughs> it was like it was it blew it genuinely blew my mind. That's the first time that I've ever been to a game studio ever like i've never done anything like that before never even been close to one like so that that was a completely new experience and it, it was everything that i hoped it would be and more like it was it, it was like that that day was like pure euphoria it was just it was insane like i walked in saw the 343 logo saw the massive halo 3 believe statue of chief that was using halo 3's marketing <laughs> i saw the massive statue of like life-size statue of atriox and i was like Whoa, that's so cool. Whoa. Oh man, I'm there listening to it. I love it. Oh my god, were you? Was any part? I know you said you were like really under the influence, bit there with the with the alcohol. But were was any part of you like really nervous or anything like that, or were you just like I don't I was just excited? I yeah, was, I, okay. was, I was. I had hit that point of excitement where I was kind of numb. Like, oh, I you know, you. you know when you get so hungry that you're not hungry anymore. Oh, it yeah. was like like that. But with excitement, like I'd, the excitement had hit such a high level that it, it just kind of become numb. Like I was like, uh, I, and then I walked in there and it all came back. Like it, it was surreal though, walking through those doors and seeing Atriox, Chief, the three four three sign. It was like that. Uh, it was just it was mind blowing. It's like it a was, world, a world that you knew had become a part of your yeah. world. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Very cool. So, because I remember now, I, I don't know how the timeline works on this, but I remember like uh, Act Man and I think Late Night Gaming, a couple people got to go to the Halo Wars two like party there or whatever. Were yeah. you were you invited to that or was that like or did that not happen? Were you not big enough yet or I don't? 
I think it was because I was overseas. Um, oh, yeah, I was. I was also pretty small at the time. I had like I think when Halo Wars Two came out, I had like thirty, maybe twenty five, thirty k subs. So I was I was decently big, but I wasn't like I wasn't like huge. Yet. Yeah. Um, but I think I I think it was because I was overseas. Because uh, mm. it obviously it's not. I, I can't just like hop on a two hour plane journey yeah. for me. It's it's an eleven and a half hour flight to get over wow. there. So yeah, um, it's not it's not a two day thing, unfortunately. Um. Yeah, so what What about uh, Outpost Discovery? How was that for you? Like, awesome. Was that... Out, Outpost was so good. Like, it was so, so good. Uh, I I really hope they do it again. Because uh, it was, it was it definitely could have been better. But for, like, a first outing like that, it was really good. Really I good. loved it. Um, <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was, Outpost was so sick. I loved Outpost. Everybody has nothing but good things to say about it. Because, like, we didn't really, like, it wasn't so much on our radar at the time. We, we started Sacred Icon a few months after Outpost Discovery. But once we did, everybody was talking about Outpost Discovery, talking about their experiences, sharing photos. And uh, it's just, it was very special I forget to a that lot one of, of the, 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 the damn flood spore or whatever. It was something like that. And everyone was, like, like staring <laughs> yeah, into yeah. the box. That video was <laughs> yeah. hilarious I imagine. To me. Dude, they're big. Yeah. They are huge. Yeah. 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 So, which one did you go to? Which which location? I went to Chicago. Um, Chicago. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was because that that was uh, the flight wasn't too bad. It was like six hours, uh, so it was decently That's attainable. Cool. Um, and did you, yeah. you you hung out with some yeah. other content creators, didn't you? Yeah, quite a lot of us went. I, the main reason I went to Chicago was because that's the one that everyone was going to. Uh, like I went Halo Cannon, went late night gaming, when um, oh, I'm forget Lo- loads of people went to Outpost. Uh, in Chicago, that that was like the main one that a lot of us were going to. Um, I think because it was kind of central, it was easier. Uh, it was it was so fun. I, Outpost was so good. I really hope it comes back because it, it. Yeah, I feel be. like it's something they'll do again. I just don't know. I mean, obviously with the pandemic, it's just not it's what they expected. But yeah, it, it's, I know they said after the 2019 one, they said that they wouldn't be doing it in 2020, and that it's a good job they did that because <laughs> they'd got it all scheduled and then COVID happened. Yeah, I dread to think how many resources and, and time and effort would have been wasted yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'll post one of those things as well that like I was really excited for it, but I was a bit concerned because like it was a Halo, it was like a Halo event when Halo didn't have anything coming out and it was in the middle of a dry period. And I was like, I was a part of me was worried like, are people gonna? gonna come to this like mm. halo's got nothing going for it right now what what's why would people go to a halo convention when there's nothing happening for halo yeah. and then i get there and people are queuing out the door the queues were huge it, i was like okay right this is it this seemed is. to do a great job of reigniting the the spirit it, of halo. it i think outpost has a lot uh, it has a lot uh, to say about that i think outpost definitely helped with that a lot because and there were a lot of people that maybe had been fans of halo before that were like oh the halo convention that sounds cool let's let's go to it maybe i'll get some nostalgia and we're like oh shit maybe i want to get back into halo like yeah, yeah. i think i think oh, yeah. outpost has a lot it is it's to thank for a lot of that it did a really good job they, they nailed outpost it was so good i i kind of skipped over it but what was your what was your experience um like playing halo wars 2 and seeing the community react to that like how do you feel about that uh, do you enjoy <laughs> rts games i i love rts games okay, i me grew too. up playing battle for middle earth a lot Ooh, uh, nice. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, but I, I still, me and my friend still play it like every month. We still regularly play them all. That's um, awesome. <laughs> but yeah, Halo Wars 2, uh, I really enjoyed it. But I do remember, so I got an early copy of the game uh, and I finished the campaign. I think it was like, it, we got a early copy like quite early. We got them like two weeks early and I Ooh, finished shit. the campaign in pretty much one setting and I really enjoyed it. And then I got to the end and I 
fucking guardian showed up and i vividly remember just putting my controller on the table and just walking out the room so like can we not just leave that be for a little bit because I, I, I did the exact same thing i did the exact same thing <laughs> not leave it, it out it, it did kind of frustrate me as well how the cliffhanger was like i i, I like hill Wars 2's story but the more that i've gone back and replayed it the more that the cracks have started to show because nothing really happens you kill decimus and that's it like Atriox and the Banish have still got a massive force. The UNSC and the Spirit of Fire have still got a massive force on the arc. And it's like, okay, so we're not really, we haven't really got anywhere. Um, the DLCs were really good for it. And I, I love Halo Wars 2's gameplay. Um, I'm, I'm constantly having this battle with myself. Like, what do I prefer, Halo Wars 1 or Halo Wars 2? And yeah. what, whichever hour of the day you ask me, my answer is different. different. Uh, I think ultimately, I think they're both equally as good as each other for different reasons. I think Halo Wars 1 is better than Halo Wars 2 in certain areas and then vice versa. Um, mm. but I, I, re- I did really enjoy playing it for the first time. I I loved some of the level design and design in that for an RTS was unlike any other RTS I've ever played before. So do you remember there's that one mission where you have to escort the snipers and it's basically truth and reconciliation, but in RTS form that yeah. when I first played that, I was like, Whoa, okay, yeah. this is sick. And then yeah. there was the retriever mission and the double scarab mission at the end. I thought the actual level design and stuff was really good. It's just a story wasn't quite there uh the cutscenes were beautiful though i think with halo wars they're they they limit themselves on the story because they just don't want too much to happen in in that in that branch of the story you know what i mean so that's kind of why it's like that they don't Um, want it to be too major of like a development to the point where people ask for it to be in the main story but at the same time they still need it to be like major enough for people to enjoy it it's a weird kind of middle balance See, I can't. I cannot wait to find out if it comes out in interviews later, or or something. We can find out some background information. I, w- I would like to know what the the path to infinite looked like, because from my point of view, five set up all this stuff that most of the community didn't like. So you can tell that they've they've not obviously not retconned it, but they've diverted away from it and changed yeah. it up. Then you see that Halo Wars two came out, and people love the banished. So on one hand, I'm like, in Infinite, you see the Banished. So you're like, okay, obviously the reception to the Banished was so good from Halo Wars 2. They're in Halo Infinite. I get that. But at the same time, it seems it seems clear that Halo Infinite's not going to focus a ton on Guardians and Cortana's uh, uprising. But they put that Guardian in at the end of Halo Wars 2. So it's like, when Halo Wars 2 was ending development, did they know Banished were going to be in Infinite? Did they yeah. think that Guardians were going to be in um, Infinite? It's just, it's crazy. I, I agree. I think I, I would love to find out, out the answer to that as well because there, there was some, some stuff in, in, in Halo 5 that they quite clearly set up for a sequel. And whereas Halo Wars 2 was set up for a sequel, I think, but I think it was quite clear that sequel was not like Halo 6 at the time. Yeah. Right. So I think, yeah, I think something definitely must have changed along the way. They were like, right, people love the banished. Let's capitalize on this. And mm-hmm. you know what? I'm all for that. <laughs> I yeah. It was a dream of mine since like Halo Wars 2 marketing to see the banished in the first person shooter. Same so here. I'm, I'm game. I'm game. I love them. It's just, it's just I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't understand, you know, the ins and outs of development, but it just seems like by the day that Halo Wars 2 launched, they would have already been in production on Banished being an infinite. But then again, they hadn't got the complete reception yet. So you wouldn't have thought they would have started after. But maybe. Yeah, may, maybe. It's, game development is a weird thing. Uh, I think a lot of those answers will sadly probably never know. It's like one of those things that just gets lost in the development of the game. Or we'll but know I, when I we're 40 and there's some, there's some crazy yeah. article that comes out. You know. Yeah. Eight years for Brian, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> He's telling okay, me it's going to be so 50, far 50, off Josh. in the distance. There we go, that's better. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> 
No, that's good. Josh will, Josh will purchase the magazine that reveals the info with the senior discount. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks yes. for that. It's all completely be a white line. Oh, my God. Like um, yeah, the other two things I really wanted to ask you about was what was your experience? I mean, this obviously you're going to just be like, this is amazing. But your experiences with interviewing Marty and your experiences interviewing that was, uh, Marcus. That was the first video I ever saw of yours with the Marty video. And man. I remember oh, people came people came in our Discord for the Marcus one and were like, holy shit, that interview was God tier. Like, that was good. Like, Brian really even messaged good. me and told me that, too. He was like. Uh, you know, some interviews are just like, they can be just like normal and they get kind of routine stuff. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, he got it. <laughs> like, it was good. good. Thank you. I, I appreciate that a lot because there's a, I, I always get really nervous doing those interviews beforehand, honestly. I'm at least 30 seconds into talking to them. I'm fine. Because like before the Marty one, uh, I'd met Marty a few times in person. I've okay. been to like, like barbecues with him before. Met, I'd oh, talked cool. to him in person. So I've, I'd known him in person before. Um, and funnily enough, he actually reached out to me about the interview, uh, oh, shit, which that's awesome. blew my mind because he did the one with Ackman. And then I watched that and I was like, oh, that's sick. I'd love to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, maybe I'll contact Marty at some point. Uh, and then like a week later, I get an email from Marty like, okay, so when are we doing our interview then? <laughs> I was like, dude, <laughs> yes. Holy um, shit. That's amazing. Same, and same with Marcus as well. I uh, met Marcus at Outpost. Um, I didn't speak with him much, as much as Marty. Uh, I spoke with Marcus briefly. Uh, so I, I kind of already knew Marcus a little bit, um, and I've spoken to him on Twitter before as well. Uh, but I was always like, even though like I knew both of them going into the interview, I was like, these are two people that I literally idolize, right? Like it's right. impossible not to get nervous, oh, yeah. but regardless of how much experience you have with these things, how many times you've done it before, it is impossible to not get even like a slightly bit nervous before you're going into these things <laughs> when you're talking to somebody that you idolize as yep. much as Marty or as much as Marcus. But then like literally you get 30 seconds into talking to them. You realize that they're both really, really nice chill guys that you can just have a conversation with. And it's like all the, all the nervousness just goes, whew, just washes, washes away. away. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I've honestly, the, re- the reception to both those interviews has like really made me happy because I'm never sure if like the questions that I ask are really bad or like the way that I ask them is really bad or if the way that I talk to them is like kind of awkward or anything. But yeah. people seem to really think that's natural because it, I'll be honest when I'm recording them, it does kind of just seem like I, I, there are times with the Marcus one in particular where I forgot I was even recording. I just thought I was having a conversation, oh, which no. is exactly what you want from an interview. I think yeah, you're doing yeah. something like that. You like, you want it to feel more like a conversation as opposed to a pre-scripted set of questions with answers. Like it, it seems more natural. Um, and I like how that, you started by like, let me just get my fanboy out. For yeah. a minute. You're just like, I'm going to take all that and encapsulate it in this moment, targeted, and then we'll move on. And that was so Ex- good. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like that's quite a nice icebreaker in a way. It's like, right, I'm going to get all the like, all the kind of weird stuff out of the way first, let you know that I'm a big fan of you. And then once I've done that, yeah. we can have like a rational conversation about that. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I love doing those interviews. Um, I've got another one that I really want to do. Um, I don't know how possible it's going to be. I'm going to try and get it. I'm going to try and make it work. Ooh, some well, sizzle. Uh, some Staten. potential sizzle. The dream, the dream is Joe Staten. And, and it, I say I say this in the, the positive way. When you get an awesome person on, like Marty or Marcus, we're jealous in the good way. Like, as in, like, <laughs> we're glad very, you got it. We want you to yeah. have it. But we're also like, what an experience. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And since after you got Marcus, I was like, he's got to get Joe. It's got to happen at some point. <laughs> If it if if it happens at some point, we'll be we'll be watching it on repeat <laughs> and, right and retweeting. Luke is grinning. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, that's it's awesome. I mean, you you've you've got the platform to do it, so you've you know you've earned it. 
you know, to, you. I mean, obviously we're not owed any time with any of these people, but yeah. you're the yeah. kind of place that they would, you know, that they yeah, would absolutely. go to. So that's so cool, man. That is, that is, uh, that's really awesome. And I remember when you posted the one with Marcus and you, you put up like that six second clip, like hype reel on Twitter. <laughs> I was like, that dude knows what he's doing. Like, that's a rock star moment right there. Like, would you ever consider coming back to Halo? Oh, I got some ideas. And then you just cackling with laughter. <laughs> Let's just say that I edited that with a, with a certain strategy in mind, that little bit there. I need, yeah. I need that with a, that good, one to entice people in. Um, yeah. But then I, I don't like I don't like to string people along. Like I put uh, chapters in all the in the video, so if you want to mm. get to that question yeah. and don't have to like sit through thirty minutes, you can just skip to it because I don't want people just having to sit through like thirty five minutes of stuff that they're not one hundred percent interested in to get to the answer. Like I want people to if they, if they want to listen to that question, then you should Jump be able right to listen through. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, those those interviews are so fun to do. They're so so fun to do. Uh, because I, I always find it crazy as well how bo- at least both the interviews that I've done so far, some like quite cool revelations have come out that I've like never, never yeah. heard before that haven't been public. Um, that's always quite exciting. Uh, but I just, yeah, they're, they're both great guys. Marcus and Marty are fantastic. Uh, I, yeah, and I, I'm looking forward to hopefully, I've not arranged anything yet. I've not spoken to anybody at the next one, but the, I, I know, I know what I want to do for the next one. And, uh, yeah. That's, yeah, we're, we're wishing yeah, the best of luck, man. It's 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 funny because like, and for us, these guys are idols. But it's like for my dad, if Joe Staten was was bagging his groceries at the store, my dad would just think he was a regular dude. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's <laughs> weird at how idols... Depot or some shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it'd be, that'd be just, that's a funny picture. Somebody needs to now. Somebody listening needs to edit uh, Joe Staten in like a Home Depot apron yeah. with like a paintbrush or something. <laughs> oh um, my god! But. Uh, it, it's just funny how idols work because, like, yeah, it would – to someone like, like – to my dad meeting – um oh, it's escaping me. Marty McFly. Um, oh. John, uh, future? Yeah. What's the – Oh, uh, what's the name? His name's just escaping me because we're on air. Oh, Michael J. Uh, Fox. Michael J. Yeah, Fox, yeah. Fair, like, yeah. if my dad could meet Michael J. Fox, you know, he would be – he'd be fanboying out because his favorite movie of all time is Back to the Future. He would love it. Or Tim Allen. My dad's a huge fan of Tim Allen. Um, but – and but for us, it's like Joe Staten, Marcus, you know, Marty, all these Seeing people. Seeing him on stage at that damn reveal, oh, for the multiplayer. Oh, I was like, man, 20, that was twenty twenty one. Joe Staten home talking about Halo yeah, again. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, coming home. Come on, like, we are yeah. back. I was like, I oh, know. shit. And you can just yeah, there's this look. Maybe I'm, I'm maybe I'm putting I'm like ex- putting it on there myself. But there was this like twinkle in Joe's eye, like the smirk, like he was almost like internally he knew he was like. Fanboys all over the world are going to yeah, freak out to see yeah. it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> he knew that he was making the collective wishes of, like, millions of people come true right yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Like, he knew what he was doing. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy the influence he has where you have people. Obviously, I feel like people who say this probably aren't as in the know as we are about this, this stuff. But, like, you see people going, like, oh, well, Joe's there. Halo Infinite's going to be a god tier game now. It's like, guys, yeah. most of the stuff was done before he arrived. Yeah. Like, right. come on. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, exactly. But it's, like, it's just... It's just this kind of degree of like, what's the word? Almost like familiarity. I just love the familiarity because yeah. I, I, when when you when you create that familiarity with the periods of Halo that people love so much and that have such fond memories of, like Halo Two, Halo Three, Halo Reach, you get this degree of confidence from them. I think um, people become more confident in the product, and I I definitely think that uh, Joe being like a major figurehead for Infinite is very beneficial uh, yeah. and is. It's definitely, yeah. I, it's de- yeah, it's definitely a good idea for sure. It very much represents like 
Chief for me in real life to 343 yes. slash Bungie. You know, like what like Chief is, his presence is when like they see him in game and stuff and he shows up. When I see Joe, I'm like, we're going to be all right. We're going to well, make yeah. it. <laughs> I, I well, wager it's the same for you, Luke. But like me and Josh, we, we know what it is. It's like when we were younger, we had Halo 2 and we had the behind the scenes disc. Yes. And yeah. when we weren't playing the game, we would throw that on. And like, it sounds ridiculous, but it's the truth. It's like. Joe was like our friend, you know. It was like we were watching, we were watching that behind the scenes disc, and we he was giving us this insight to what goes on at the studio. He was making little jokes, you know, talking about their pasty white skin while they play volleyball and all this stuff. And you just felt, you know, <laughs> oh, like yeah. we were one of my there. Favorite parts of that, you know. I love that bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm, it's, it's I'm kind of the so same good. as well. I I always felt the same when you when I think of Bungie to me. Uh, a load of people come to mind, but the, I think the three main people that come to mind for me when I think of Bungie are. Marty, Marcus, and Joe. Those three people. Yeah. Primarily because they were they were the three like people in most of the uh the Vidocs that were like yep. for, like forward facing a lot. Um but like those three really come to mind for me. Uh and so seeing at least one of them just involved again is just Absolutely. Oh man, like I that's the kind of thing where like for years I'd thought, oh man, I'd be so sick of joking back. I would love it's never gonna happen. It was surreal. But, like yeah, and like when we got um when we got Shadow of Intent, I love Shadow of Intent, and I was yeah. like, okay, right, at least at least like we we got Joe back in some degree, at least we got something from him, yeah. that's fine, I'm happy to live with that, but then we got more. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope I hope if Marcus truly wants to work on Halo again, that that's something that can happen. I don't know how any of that works if it makes no, any right. sense for people, but I just if it's something he wants, like obviously we want it, you know, obviously, yeah. but like. <laughs> If usually when we want it, a lot of times the the person in question they've moved on with their career and they don't want it. But it sounds like from what you when you talk to him, it sounds like he would like that. So I I hope that that happens for him. I really great. do. I would love to see that. I think uh, obviously if there's room for him and if he really wants to do it, then I think it. I think it. I, it would be fantastic. I think seeing Marcus there, the the literal father of Master Chief, back working on Halo, would be like cataclysmic it'd be huge yeah. that would be such a big deal twitter like, would all collectively lose oh, their minds i i would sure. i would my brain would melt and you know what now i don't even think it's out of the realms of possibility now that joe's gone back i was yeah. like i'm like right you know what maybe it's possible like I, yeah absolutely and it was so know. cool to see marcus's excitement for halo infinite it felt so genuine yeah, it and it, did, that, yeah. that, that was another sign that halo infinite is doing something right because I, I can remember some of Marcus's comments on on prior Halos from three four three, where he pointed out some of the issues with it. But this one, he just seems like a, a fan at the front lines, going, "I'm stoked." Yeah, infinite. yeah, um, definitely. That's that's always reassuring when you've got someone like Marcus on board. Then you're doing something. When he right. says launch is just yeah. the beginning, I'm like, I believe you. I believe anything <laughs> yeah. he says, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. I just, I, his uh, his the way he speaks and carries himself is just so infectious. You know, you can't yeah. help but get yeah. swept into it. Oh. Absolutely. Um, last question I want to ask you, Luke, is like, what, just overall, what are you most excited, what are the most ex- things you're most excited for with Halo Infinite? Obvious, I mean, there's some obvious answers, but from campaign to multiplayer uh, to, to content creation to the community reinvigorated, like, what is the big things for you? Like For me, mind? 100% more so than anything, playing that campaign. The campaign is what I'm most excited for. That's the funny. idea <laughs> of, like, roaming around ex- and exploring Zeta Halo like, are you kidding? That is literally my yeah. dream. That is, that it, I almost think it's kind of weird. I'm, I'm almost kind of certain that I'm part of some weird, like, government <laughs> secret project where they've extrapolated the memories of my brain or something and created them. Because if you'd have asked me, like, five, six years ago what my dream Halo would be, it would be 
exploring Zeta Hilo. You're like Man, Luke. Luke, Luke is like a, his own version of three four three Guilty Spark, like 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 <laughs> Chakas, and like it was his, his memory was put in there. Like there's there's some entity within Luke that he doesn't know about. There's there's a my my gay ash is somewhere at three four three in yeah. haunting, haunting the building, haunting three four three's building is my gay ash. I just uh, I love I love how nerdy that sounds. Haunting the building of three four three is my gay ish. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, but now like that is literally my dream halo game which almost makes me like I, I i need to like temper myself a little bit of campaign because for multiplayer i'm still overall like cautiously optimistic but mm-hmm. i can kind of feel myself getting carried away but with the campaign like <laughs> i like i am really 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 excited for this thing uh and i'm starting to like just think like oh, I, just, I don't know i just feel like i need to start, like calm myself down a little bit because it is my dream halo game and i just i can't wait to play it i cannot wait Dude, I, I can resonate a little bit because just, just we're on a lower scale for just one specific moment. But that moment in the 2020 reveal where the brutes came down and like their drop pods and they bursted the door down, I had pictured that happening in a future Halo campaign. I was like, I want to play a campaign where I'm just roaming along and these drop pods come down with with like Covenant kicking their way out. And I was and it happened when it happened in the 2020 reveal. I was just like, holy shit, this is what I wanted. Like this is so <laughs> this is so cool. So like yeah, yeah. My, my I'm really excited for it. Um, it's, I've always been about the story first, you know. I, I love, I love the the other modes. I love multiplayer. I love Forge, all that stuff. The, and there's so much more to Halo than just its story. There's the nostalgia, the memories, the friends, the marketing. But that story is where my heart truly belongs. Um, so I'm just, I'm just super stoked. You enjoy for that. all the rest of it because it's supplemental to that. You know, yeah. you get to immerse yourself like I in a play different the way. And yeah. that's the thing we've talked about before too. Is like if Halo Infinite's campaign is awesome, I'm gonna go so much harder in that multiplayer. If right. The campaign, yeah. If the story was really, really weak, I'm going to be less like, it's going to be hard for me to get my boots into that universe because I'm like, Yeah, it dampens the investment, I think. Like, you you don't feel as invested. Like, with Halo 5, I think over time that kind of paled for me. Like, I'm not particularly invested in this game. I mean, the campaign was just one of the many reasons with that game that I wasn't particularly invested, but it definitely contributes to it. Yeah, for sure. Josh, you have anything else you want to say? Or are we good? Oh there? yeah, I gotta drop you some compliments. It wouldn't be oh, a sacred jo- icon oh, episode. Brace yourself, Luke. We didn't go out here with some compliments. Here we go, boys. No, uh, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> In all seriousness, uh, you mentioned earlier talking about uh, you know with Marty and Marcus and stuff like that, and you didn't know if your questions, you know, if they were good and stuff like that, dude. They were aces. When I the first video I saw of yours was the Marty one, and I was like, I was floored because I was like. You, I, I thought as I was watching, I was like, how would I be in that situation? I thought I'd be like wanting to shit my pants. I'd be nervous, you know, and, you know, but yet, I mean, I get that though. I mean, I've, I've met some celebrity people that I've wanted to in my life and like in the moment right before I talk to them, I'm like, oh, you know, like I'm like, yeah, really yeah. And then you start talking to them and then it like, it drifts away because you're just taking in what's happening in front of you rather than thinking about everything else, you know? So it just, you go into the zone and go into it. But dude. Your uh, questions were fantastic. I love what you're able to get out of them. Uh, I don't think everyone is able to do that. And I mean, I've, I've seen people interview them. Like Actman's video uh, with Marty was great and everything too. But I mean, like Brian said with the Marcus one especially, amazing, amazing. And your enthusiasm in all your video, in all your videos, dude. Like you're always grinning. Your enthusiasm sells itself when you have criticism. I think you are, you know, you handle it really well. You manage it really well. And I think that's why so many people look to you too, is because you do it in such a respectful way that it's like, you know, again, like Brian said earlier in the episode, it's tough when you try to put stuff out on Twitter and it's so limited, you know, when stuff yeah. can get so picked apart and dissected. 
but you get to put that out in the videos and stuff like that. And then I see people interact with you on Twitter and then you get memed to, to death, which is amazing. <laughs> and it's like, these people love you. And it's like, I can, it's so easy to see why Luke, when you, you watch your videos and then you get to see how you interact on Twitter and, and talk to people and converse and like your kindness, like sells itself and your enthusiasm just, just exudes so naturally even right when you came in here i was like i love this dude like i haven't even gotten to talk to you yet and i'm like i love this dude. it's just so good but I, I love your content man i, I, I remember now that you bring this up josh um we have a uh, uh, someone who one of our patrons anthony nicolosi he he's running his own indie development studio called uh ko koala entertainment and back when we when i first met him he told me that he was talking about like halo creators that he loves and he said I think the reason that so many people love Hidden Xperia so much is because the dude's just genuine with his hype and his excitement and how he feels. There's no like putting on a show for his content. It's just this dude's really hyped, you know, or like even what was the thing? What was the re I'm trying to think of what the reason was that you posted that clip on Twitter of you um, like singing to a emo song or whatever oh, or out to shit. it <laughs> and it was like the simple you could, fun scooby doo thing yeah and i could see like at the end of your video you almost had this look of like i love this but i'm slightly embarrassed but i'm doing it all anyways kind of look <laughs> you owned and it, it was you like it. yeah thank dude, you very that's much the, that's the stuff that, that makes content blow up because they're yeah. like there people watch you and they're like i'm getting i'm getting luke you know i'm not getting a a facade or a character exactly um, and, uh, and that's what i've heard from so many people and uh, everybody just it's, it's one of those things where like you've become a staple in the halo community where people people like your people like hidden there is no like like somebody might be like oh i, I listen to these guys and i listen to these guys but everybody watches hidden xperia yeah you know? <laughs> so yeah, like, like, I'm helping like, you out, Josh. Even no, absolutely. <laughs> even when I was even I, when I was coming into starting to get to learn uh, some of the content creators within the Haloverse and stuff, I was like, Hidden Experience at the top. I'm like, if there's a Michael Jordan for like content creators <laughs> in Halo, it's like I see oh, Hidden Experience everywhere. And a rock star I, and Michael Jordan. Wow, absolutely, really got dude. Thank you very much. If I can be if I can be Liam Gallagher and Michael Jordan in the same thing, I'll take it. That is, <laughs> you got it, man. Yeah, dude, yeah. you exude it. It's it's. It's true there every time, even now, just doing this, um, you know, uh, and getting to see your videos. And I I can't wait just for Infinite, whatever, however it turns out to be, because then you'll have people like you that are kind of stewarding that content forward. And it's so great because, I mean, I think back to when I was a kid. I mean, the part of the reason I love to get to watch videos like yours is because when I was a kid and I didn't have Internet, I'm like, man, when I'm sitting in my room by myself, and I want to be around people who talk about Halo or just uh, – you want to live in that euphoria. You want to just – yeah get in that box and stay in it and soak it in. And then maybe you'll go to school and like some friends might be into it. Some friends might be into other things and stuff like that. So you're trying to find that. Well then, you know, for a time it was just montage videos, which was awesome at the time. That was badass, yeah. you know, nostalgia yeah. in it, it itself too. But then, you know, you, you get to content creation and everything like that. And you get to start to see videos like yours and whatnot. And it's like, I am so glad there's people like you out there. Because for me, I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for stuff like that. Like, I get to see that, and I'm like, that's a thing? I didn't even know that was a thing. Thank God that's a thing, because it's like, I, you know, especially with something like Halo for the last five or six years, I mean, it just it's felt so irrelevant. And I think for me, it was like, I would get through these phases of, like, where I'm in Halo, but then no one else is. And if you don't have other people, you can only steward something yourself for so long. So it's nice when you have people to vibe off of, so... Even like our community, which is amazing. I'm sure your community is the exact same. And it's just like 
it means so much and so nourishing, you know, and I'm sure even for you too, I mean, if there's ever those moments of potential burnout or just, you know, content creation being exhausted in of itself, even if it's rewarding, it's like, you have RuneScape. Yeah, you, yeah, you do have RuneScape. <laughs> but you got, you got those people there who now like see you, meme you and, and interact yeah. with you and like just they identify with you and you get, you know, like for us, our first episode, we were super nervous and stuff going into it. And now like to think we're much more confident. And, you know, I think about you putting out that video with the hair and like Brian was saying, singing, it's like you do that now because like you, you know, you have yeah, these people you keep to, to back. Up. You, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's just, it's just, just, just this, just this com- you know, obviously we've watched your stuff plenty of times, interact with you on Twitter, but just this conversation was just a lot of fun just to have, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why I, I love doing, I love doing, doing podcasts because it's just like, it ends up just being like a really nice, like, chill conversation you don't have I to worry about stuff. insane edits constantly all the time to get your <laughs> stuff out i don't have to worry about getting the crossfade the exact same frame length the exact <laughs> yeah. right frame length none of that i just uh just sit here chill and talk and it's i love it so much this is well, so much better. anytime you come on here you're gonna get showered in compliments uh, that's, oh, yeah. Yeah. thank you very much thank uh, you very much yeah that's kind of that's kind of our thing and it's just like does it end the onslaught <laughs> yeah i'm like i have so um, many nice things to say about luke i'm just oh, saving dude. for the podcast just waiting and then you would say it during the during parts of the episode i'm like save it for the end i remember we had for the <laughs> at the end of the haruspa uh, retrospective we did on halo 4 with alex uh we had uh, uh halo canon ian send in a voice clip yeah to, to praise Alex and he was just like man that dude's voice is sexy as hell and, and Alex <laughs> just lost it Alex just lost it but uh, yeah but yeah right. so it's cool oh go ahead it's go cool. ahead Luke I was gonna oh yeah I was just gonna say thank you very much I, I appreciate all that a lot um, oh yeah it's no you deserve to hear I, that yeah man. absolutely it's thank you because to me I, I still just feel like a Halo fan talking about something that he's passionate about it never feels like I mean it is a job and everything but like it just feels it still just feels like I'm just talking about something I love. It's it's never felt it's never not felt like that. I've had periods of burnout where I've not like, for example, like there've been periods where I've not been like that into making Halo, but like or into that into Halo, but like I still love making videos, so I've managed to power through it. Um, and of course, <laughs> like Brian said, RuneScape has been there for me in those times. <laughs> there have been times where I've been burnt out, and I, my my infinite has been RuneScape. My exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, You're living uh, the dream, man. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I've had a yeah, and you're I've had RuneScape and I've had a Lost as well. As well. I've, I've, I've oh, oh, dude. Oh, we, my we can't gosh. Forget that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Luke. Okay. I was now not going to let us forget that. You, you can't get out of here yet because I was actually, oh, I got God. caught up. I got caught up in all the cool stories Luke was telling us. The three things I want to ask you, we're going to start, we're going to start with, with this one is what's your favorite TV show? It's Lost, right? That's your yes, favorite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about you, Josh, you guys go first here because I, you guys Man, are more favorite the Lost season's than favorite me, character. Favorite season, season one or season two, favorite character. I, 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 I can't pick one for any of them. I have to pick a few. I'm sorry. Okay, no, you're good. Dead. You're good. Let's hear it. Favorite character is either Locke, Sawyer, or Desmond. Um, one Great choice. Uh, I also loved Mr. Echo, and I was so... I, oh. Mr. Mr. Echo is the one... If I could have picked one character to... Spoilers for anybody who watches Lost or hasn't seen all of it yet. The so finale? How, uh, oh, dude, I wish Mr. Echo would come back. I, I, yes. I just I wish Mr. Echo didn't die. Mr. Echo was the one character that I really, really wished didn't die because I thought his character was so interesting. Uh, and yeah, the, the whole backstory he, with his brother was phenomenal. And I remember yeah. when I saw the finale and he wasn't there, I was like, oh, I couldn't I have got him there to show up. I was like, come on. Even dude, though he was I there wish, so briefly. But, uh. I wish he'd been in that church at the end. 
the um, Mr. Echo. So I've got jo- a joint first in Locke, James Sawyer, and Desmond. Uh, and then Mr. Echo's in there as well. I Yeah, those four characters. Dude, uh, I love it. Sawyer's my favorite. And I was like, when when I was going through it the first time, I'm like really rooting for him and Kate. And then I'm like, I don't kind of... I'm like, and I'd ha- it's been a minute since I've rewatched it, but I was like, she kind of goes to him whenever stuff's not working out with Sawyer. And then... I was like, but I still kind of like their chemistry. Plus, I love Evangeline Lilly, and uh, so. But then it then it gets to Juliet, and I'm like, season five. I'm like, I love this. I'm here for this shit. And then yeah. when it gets to the last season, and they're all having those like moments where they like remember one another, and they have it by the candy machine, and I'm like, oh, I love this yeah, show dude. so much. And I'm just dude, so emotional. That scene- I, so I went. I've that this recently when I rewatched Lost was the first time that I'd rewatched it since I'd watched it when it was on air. Um, mm-hmm. Because, like, Lost was the halo of TV shows for me from 2004 to 2010. I like how you put that. I I woke up at 4 a.m. on a school Monday morning uh, to watch the Lost finale. um, (laughs) Because it was on, like, 10 p.m. Pacific. So 4 a.m. for the UK. So I woke up at 4 a.m. in the the morning to watch it. uh, And I don't regret a second of that. But I always remember with season six, the flash sideways... When I was younger, I never really understood them. I thought it was like an alternate universe thing where it's like, oh, this is what could have happened. Yeah, it was kind of confusing the first go around. Yeah, yeah, that's. I think Lost is one of those shows that you've got to rewatch because it it makes so much makes so much more sense when you do rewatch it. Oh yeah. Um, but this rewatch, the flash sideways when they started connecting, that the bit that really hit me was when uh, Jack was trying to force Locke to take the surgery to fix his back. Oh, and yeah. They kept getting flashbacks. I was like, oh fuck, dude, this is like. Oh shit! And that the the church scene at the end that hits you like a ton of. Is bricks. that the one the one you're talking about? Is that the one where he's like, I think Locke says to him something like, "They didn't lose your father; they just lost his body" or something like that. Yes, yes, oh, yes, yes, so yes. So good. Um, and then oh, the, you know, there's a bit as well where Locke says, uh, oh, "Don't tell me what I can't do." Yeah. And then Jack's like, Jack gets like the bit of a flashback, and he's like, "Wait, I recognize that." Oh, I heard that before. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. You see, I, I got into Lost uh, many years later because I think it was 2012. It was on Netflix and I had started it and I, I got like two episodes in and I'm like, uh, can't put this down ever. And I used to, <laughs> I worked, I worked second shift. So I'd get off at like midnight and I would just stay up till 6, 7 a.m. watching Netflix episodes of Lost over and over again. And I just, and I always kept telling myself, I need to go to bed one more. I need to go one to bed more. one Yeah, dude. It was yeah, on like the golden age of television. It was Yeah, there. when I oh. go to work, I'd just be like, I got to get home and start Lost. I, I remember like being at work, like, I'm going to get me a pizza, a soda, and I'm going to watch yeah, Lost dude. forever. Um, uh, I, I, yeah, I loved the show. Uh, I definitely connected with Josh on that because it was his favorite show. I think it's always hard for me when people say, what's your favorite character? Because there's so many good characters in Lost. Yeah. I think, and it's, I don't know if it's the best, it's not the best answer, but I think I just choose Charlie. I was going to say, Charlie's greatest hits? Ooh. Ooh. I like Charlie so much, and his moment in season three, Not Penny's Boat, was just, uh, it just gave me chills. It still gives me chills when I watch it. Um, And also, my favorite thing in the world, even over Halo, is Lord of the Rings. That's my number one favorite thing. So, obviously, I have an attachment uh, to Dominic Monaghan. But, yeah, it's such a great... Such a great show. That's another thing I loved about my wife when I met her. Is like she's like I own all of them on DVD. I love the show, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, oh, <laughs> perfect. So but she doesn't like Halo, so oh okay. You win some, you lose some. Matter of time, yeah, yeah. matter of time, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that show, I loved but, it. I loved it throughout, and I mean, I think like when I got to like the fourth season, I was like, ah, eh, some of this I'm kind of like so so on. But I remember the writer strike happened, and it was kind of like shortened a bit. 
But I loved, man, all of that show through and through. And I think, I'm just forgetting the name of it. I might be mispronouncing it, but I think it was season six is Abaterno. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. The, the Richard oh. Backstory episode. Yes. Oh, yes. Abaterno is a good episode. <sighs> yeah, that one, uh, emotional. And I was just like, I loved how season six started having those full circle moments. And I was like, oh, yeah. wow. And plus, let's, let's make this let's make this promise right now, Josh, that because I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, uh, Luke, but sometimes every now and then we'll do what we call an oddball episode. It's a play on the mode from Halo where we talk about something that's not Halo. We need to have an oddball episode dedicated to loss with Luke in the future. Please, hell yeah. please, please, Just, please. Yes. Only loss talk from beginning to end. I remember when the Dude, game yes. Diazomas came out even, and I know a lot that kind of wasn't that great, but I loved it. I loved yes. it. Yes, same. It was Resident Evil, but in Lost. Yep. That's literally what it was. I loved I loved that game. I in fact, up. right, I actually wrote down a plan like two weeks ago for a video that I want to make at some point in the future that's just like my top seven favorite games of all time. And that's an honorable mention, not because it's a fantastic game, but because it was the first time I ever experienced something from a movie or a TV show in a game and felt like it fit besides the Lord of the Rings movie games. They're the one exception because oh, yeah. they were they were masterpieces. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so like that, that that game felt like it felt like lost to me. I, I have it, it was not a great game. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's a masterpiece. No, I, I'm with it wasn't, you, but I love but, it. Yeah. It, same, same. I, I really enjoyed it, um, and I wish. Did the critics more. like it? Like, I don't, I don't remember it. Did it, I don't remember? It was. But I don't think it they was did. like painfully average. It got like five mm. and six out of ten reviews. It was just like mm. very a typical, very average like movie slash TV yeah. show game. But I don't know. I think for Lost fans, I think I actually went back and rewatched the IGN review for it a few weeks ago, and they said like Lost fans will love this. Everyone else will just think it's kind of boring, and I, I think that's pretty accurate, honestly. Because yeah. we're yeah. Lost fans and we liked it. Yeah, um, I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I was bored with it, and yeah, every I remember hating like Sawyer at first, first couple episodes. I'm like, I don't, I don't like this guy, and I think I was just a Jack fan at first, and then Sawyer got his episode with the backstory, and it'll come back around or something like that, and I was like, okay, I like this guy now, and so many iconic lines and staples and characters you think you'd hate, and then you end up turning around to love and stuff like that, and anytime yeah. I see like any lost alumni and something else now. I'm just so happy. Like Brian said, like, I mean, I already come into Lost being a huge Middle Earth fan. So seeing Dominic Monaghan was amazing. And that was just another reason to stay. But then, like, years later, in a crazy twist of events, you get Evangeline Lily in the Hobbit movies. And, <laughs> right, yeah. Which, and Brian and I love those. So, like, and that was awesome to see her in there. And yeah, anytime I see anyone else in anything. And, oh, my God. Uh, I don't know. Just so many characters. Yeah, we'll have to save it for an oddball sometime. But, oh. It's like, uh, now now that I've said my favorite characters, I've, I've completely forgot about... I forgot about Saeed. I forgot about Jim. He was so good. I forgot about... I, I love Michael as well. I, I wish Michael had been more present. Uh, Same. Like, what about I'm Walt? And Walt. Wah! That's... <laughs> Wah! That's actually a really good impression. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, see, that's one of the kind of annoying things that they never rounded up. That's the one issue that I have with the story, that they never round, round, like, round up why Walt was so special. Uh, did you ever watch the they did like a mini episode the 10 minute thing that came out yes 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 i yes, can't yes, even yes. i'm blanking on the name of it too where yeah. um ben and hurley go and visit walt yep. uh and so they kind of allude to him still being special yeah and there's like theories that walt after the show goes back to the island at some point uh and, that was the and ben look after it yeah. But, like, I, I do wish they'd done more with that because they made a very clear point in season one and season two. I mean, the whole reason, I'm pretty sure the whole reason Shannon died was because she saw the vision of Walt, right? And she ran into the jungle and got yep. shot by a... Uh... Which was so sad because, you know, yeah. Saeed and that her were clicking and then, like, they're telling one another they love and he, they love one another and he's not going to leave her. And he's, yeah. And then she she sees him. He sees her. Uh, he sees Walt for the first time. Oh, 
finally believes him, then it's too late. That's another thing as well. I completely forgot about Boone. I love Boone. Boone was another oh, character. Boone, Boone and Echo good. were the two characters that I wish didn't die. I really like Boone as well. Yeah. Boone and Locke had great chemistry. Oh, I love sure. that whole first season when they, they're secretly trying to get the hatch and everything. Oh, um, dude. Fantastic oh. stuff. And even the hatch had me. I could not put the show down with the hatch. I had right. to dude, the and then the reveal with that. Desmond was oh. just God tier. Yeah, dude. Oh, and he's God. he's probably my second favorite because like when you start the beginning of season two and it's just him working out and you see that someone's been in there this whole time. I'm like, holy shit. And then like his iconic lines like, see you in another life, brother. You know, <laughs> yeah. and then like. What is it? What does one snowman say to the other snowman? He's like, smells like carrots. You know, like, I love, <laughs> I love Desmond. Uh-huh. There's so many good one-liners from Lost. So hey, many freckles. good ones. Yes, Freckles. Oh, yeah, I love it. And I still remember Sawyer at one point. I think Hurley mentions, like, Anakin Skywalker. As a Star Wars fan, I ate that up. And I remember Sawyer was like, who the hell is Anakin? You know? <laughs> oh, there's, there's there's certain things in life that make you feel, like, comforted. And one of those things for me is, is Hurley and his golf course. Just oh. makes me feel. Oh so yes, yeah. yes. That when they I got agree. to drive the van, I, I think that season, season I three is my mention, favorite. I love season three because of stuff like that. That episode because uh, Hurley's always, uh, so he's always curly, calling Hurley names, and when they're drinking around the van, uh, so he calls him a name, and Hurley just suddenly says, calls him a name back, and so he's like, "Damn!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like proud of him for doing it. Yeah, that's great. Um, God, I love that show so much. So good. Uh, the other question I want to ask you, Luke, is what's your favorite film of all time? Uh, okay, so this is kind of cheating. So a lot of the, uh, Two Towers or Return of the King. Ooh. Um, but then. I feel like I almost feel like when like when people ask me what my favorite game of all time is, I feel like I have to take Halo out because that makes it not very fair. Well, I was going to ask feel- you next. My next question was, what's your favorite game that's not Halo? But yeah, go right. There you go. Uh, well, for game Metal Gear, uh, nice. definitely. Is it the first um, or which which one? MGS two. Uh, oh nice. I grew up I grew up playing MGS two a lot, um, and then I actually only played MGS two because I never had a PS three, so I couldn't or PS two, so I couldn't play MGS three or MGS four. Uh, the the next MGS I played after that was actually MGS five. Uh, oh, okay. Although actually I say that I did play MGS three on the collection when it got ported to Xbox, mm. so I did play oh, that. Oh nice, nice. Um, but I played MGS one for the first time recently. Actually, uh, it took me like God knows how many years to play it. And okay. God, MGS one in two in particular. I am I'm a huge MGS two fanboy. Like huge, huge, huge. I'm, like I'm sure you probably noticed. I go out of my way wherever I can to include MGS in Halo Video now. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like a like an in joke. Like I will always reference MGS when I can do, and always use MGS gameplay. Um, so I love that. I yeah, MGS. I just adore so much. Now is M- which? See, I'm not. I'm not familiar with Metal Gear Solid really. So is MGS two the one that introduced the new character and it upset everybody at launch? Yes. So yeah. funnily enough. MGS2 is Halo 2 and MGS2. I've actually I've actually had a video planned about this for quite a while. Halo 2 and MGS2 are the same game, just in different franchises. Like it's mm. actually hilarious looking at the similarities between Halo 2 and MGS2 in the way they they structured their stories, what their stories were about, the kind of uh story arcs both main characters go on go on in the game, the reception to those characters. It's almost identical between both cuz Everyone, yeah. everyone loved Snake in MGS One. Got pissed off that Raiden was a thing in MGS Two, and then loved Raiden. Everyone loved Chief in Halo CE. Got pissed off that, M- that Halo Two was mostly about the Arbiter, and then everyone loves the Arbiter. It's <laughs> the exact same thing that Raiden ends up realizing that he's been working for the wrong side the entire time. Arbiter ends up working that working out that he's been working for That's the wrong cool. side the entire time. It's like so similar. 
the games are so similar in the way that they're written. Uh, I almost think it's not a coincidence in some ways because some of the similarities are really cool. But um, yeah, that was MGS2 where she's riding. You should make that video. You should make that That'd video. That'd be great I'm, to watch, damn. Like every now and then there's this like little like passion project idea in your head. I've ha- Actually, now that I have it here, I'm, I'm going to see what your thoughts on this. Maybe you can disprove why this is not a good idea uh, and it won't be worth making a video anymore. But something I wanted, I've wanted to do, I've talked to Josh for a long time about it is I feel like for Halo 2's cliffhanger ending, a lot of the issue could have been solved by just swapping the last chief mission with the last Arbiter mission. And Do you, do you mean having, so having Chief kill Tartarus or have High Charity no. be the final level of the game? Having High Charity be the final level of the game. Because yeah. if you flipped it, then you get to play as Master Chief in the final mission and it would end with Chief literally boarding the ship and then the cutscene would play, and I feel like the, it would feel much less like a cliffhanger and more like a proper ending to the game. Yeah, I actually don't disagree. Uh, it's weird, because I think the Tartarus boss fight was a really good endpoint for the game, but at the same time, I think narratively, it would have flowed a lot nicer if it went from straight from high charity into... Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, because the final cutscene is kind of a mishmash of, like, you've got Johnson, you've got Keys and Arbiter talking to Spark about the yeah. Halos, and then back to Chief... Whereas I feel like if they'd done uh, Great Journey is the penultimate level, Kill Tartarus, Jonathan, Arbiter, Keys, and Guilty Spark look at all the Halos, and then it's Chief and Cortana on High Charity boarding the key ship. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, the, yeah, the final cutscene would have definitely flowed better, I think. Yeah, I feel like it would have changed the perspective for people because I definitely feel like it would have for me um, because the, the ending would have been like, like you would have done that, that awesome mission with Johnson and the Scarab and, um, and uh, Arbiter, and taking out Tartarus, and then you would have went, okay, one final mission. It's Chief. He's got to yeah. get to that Forerunner ship with Cortana. He's got to leave her behind. You make, make it there. So cool, it, Brian. It plays the awesome <laughs> cutscene of him getting on the Dreadnought, mm-hmm. and then the, you know, Sir finishing this fight, game ends. I feel like it wouldn't have felt as much like a cliffhanger, and people wouldn't have been as upset. I honestly just wish I, there was a tool in MCC for me to swap, <laughs> swap them, it. Because I would. Yeah. I'd play it that way. You know? The, the only issue I think there'd be with that is that the Great Journey really feels like a final mission kind of way. You've got yeah, like your epic right. set piece with the Scarab. You've got the you've got the Tartarus boss battle with great buildup. Whereas High Charity, <laughs> this sounds weird. High Charity feels like a speed run to me. Like you just kind of agree. I can see that running to I the ship. Whereas it shouldn't I, have been I think a High Charity. Almost, yeah. yeah, right. It almost feels like it should have just been bolted onto the end of Grave Mind. Although maybe that wouldn't have flowed very well. It, it's saying. weird. I think. I think narratively and from like a flow point of view, it would have worked a lot better. From a actual level design standpoint, I think Great Journey was definitely a better final mission. But maybe yeah, if I like, I, I mean, if they'd even got like a Flood Juggernaut boss fight working or something, that would have worked yeah. really well to give High Charity a kind of actual yeah. sort of build finale. up to something. Yeah, finale. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. one. Th- I mean, one. I guess one easier adjustment they could have made, and it, it might have been, you know, it might have drove people insane back in the day because we're not used to it. But it could have been. Um, the the mission with Arbiter ends, cutscenes roll for a bit, boom, come in, survival like one last mission, oh. and then it plays, and then and then and then after that you get the cutscene with Gravemind asking Cortana questions, and then it's yes. over. Yes, that could have worked. more like that. I like yeah. that. Yes, yeah. that would have been good. That would have been really yeah, I, good. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put something together to make a, a video for that or something just to, to get that out there because I I'll, really felt yeah. strongly about that for so long and nobody <laughs> nobody talks about that because anytime you bring it up, they're like, yeah, good point. Yeah. No, I like the idea of having High Charity be this like post credits little mini mission yeah. like Lone like, like like Lone Wolf was in Halo Reach. Yeah, I yeah. like that. 
Yeah, definitely. That'd be cool. But man, Luke, it's been so awesome having you here. It has. Uh, for you guys listening, basically what happened was I watched that that video with uh, Luke, uh, Luke and Marcus, and I was like, you know, man, somebody needs to like interview you and, and like have you on for, for something. <laughs> yeah. so, like, do you want to be on the podcast? And he was like, oh, definitely. And we had it set up to do it the day of the the Halo flighting. We didn't know it hadn't been <laughs> scheduled yet. And we're like, okay, we're going to push that back. A little something going on there. Um, but this has been <laughs> so much something. fun. Yeah, we're so glad that we have you here. He's uh, as Josh, nice as he say? seems. <laughs> oh, thank yeah, you. Can, I appreciate it, guys. <laughs> we can verify that. But, uh, guys, we thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Um, we'd we love to have you here. And, guys, as always, keep it sacred.